Hey, this is Chuck Dixon, and you're listening to Signal of Doom. Well, you know, for me, the action is the juice. I'm in. He liked to be a proper Beverly Hills host, and at 70s parties, he'd put a bowl of cocaine next to the mixed nuts. What were the drugs doing? What was alcohol doing, making you run away from... from... No, it was part of the image. You see, if you get the title swinger, then you can't sit in the library all day. You know, you've got to go to a bar and be a swinger. It was nice to be, have the stuff and be there so I could be, you know, hey, we can always go to Sam's. He's got some stuff, you know. Hello and welcome to Signal of Doom. It's a big one. Episode 269. I'm Dave. I'm here with Rich. Rich, how are you going? Uh, not too bad, buddy. Not too bad. Bit of a shorter week for us this week. Yeah, it's a Thursday. Um, not our normal Friday time. And I think last week, did we do it on a, did we do it on a Saturday? I, I don't know. Did we? On a, yes, yes. Sure. I yeah. was uh, coming off a, a cold. Okay, that's right, you are too. And you're about to head off to what we've covered before on the on the show, this baseball tournament you're playing in, am I right? Yes, uh, baseball tournament Carnival is what it's called. Right. And what what what's your um what remind me, what's your position and stuff? Like are you a hitter, are you a pitcher, you're a catcher, like do you well, work first base, I mean, second base? Everyone's a hitter, everyone's right. a batter. Right. Um, but I'll find out what position they want me to play when I get down there. But as I said, I've had experience playing Third base, right. Shortstop, first base, and center f- and outfield. So okay, I've no matter where they put me. Right, and how long since your last game, or have you had a couple of hits in the Ooh, week? Probably about fifteen years. Shit, really? <laughs> wow, you want to be careful. You don't do a hammy or something, Rich. No, I'm. I'm. I'm still very. Uh, while I haven't played baseball, I'm still very. Um, how are the athletic. legs? Yeah, but so how are the legs? The old man legs, the calves. You know, that's where I struggle. <laughs> fine i run for four days a week so it's fine okay so you're looking well i wish you all the best rich i'm looking forward to hearing the results of this so the next time we gather you will have been at the carnival and um and we will have seen the results and what's your team called uh it's the karingai steelers karingai steelers i like is that steelers as in um you know steel bases yeah Yeah. i like it catchy catchy are you are you one of those guys who tries to pinch through the bases? Are you one of those guys that tries to run around the bases like you know steal a base and all that kind of stuff? Are those kind of hijinks? Mm, only if it's there. Like, yeah. it's it's a stealing bases is um, you don't want to do it all the time because otherwise they're looking for it. You want to sort of get yeah guessing, so. predictable. You get predictable and they start they start throwing you out. Yeah. Mm. Wow. All right, well, we'll, we'll tune back in on this, man. I'm excited now that I've heard about this. Now, my adventures this week, Rich, <laughs> I went to the Stranger Things-themed grilled restaurant in Gallows, Victoria, as part of my investigative work. And can I just say, the exterior looks so cool with, I've got this really cool Stranger Things logo. So disappointing and so lame inside. Can I just say that? Like, you're in half-darkness... I actually said, don't they have lights in Stranger Things? Um, you're trying to eat your food in darkness with, like, sort of, like, music blasting, like a club from, like, the early 2000s, just for some reason just pumping through this restaurant. And supposedly, like, these red things dangling off the roof, which just looks so crap, which I assume is something to do with Stranger Things. 
um, yeah, inside, disappointing. You know what I mean? Like, it's so dark as well. Like, you're like, does it need to be this dark? <laughs> a grilled restaurant? I'm trying to eat a burger. Um, all I can say is which I wasn't thrilled. I expected a lot more. I was hoping for, like, a monster in there or something, like a stuffed monster or maybe the waiters dressed as monsters or something. That would have been pretty cool. I think you were expecting way too much, Dave. Yeah, well, what I got was so average. I just had my burger. It was a solo mission. It was just Dave on reconnaissance. I had my burger. It was an okay burger. Um, disappointed I didn't order fries with it. That was my, pretty much one of my main things. Had a, had a, had a Pepsi Max um, and just generally was annoyed by how dark it was. And the music was just pounding for some reason. I don't know if that's normal in a grilled restaurant, but the music was just, it was, it was, it was pounding. Like it was like being in a club. You know what I mean? And I'm in an average bad club from like the early 2000s. And you're just like, what am I doing here? It's 3 a.m. in the morning. I'd much rather be home asleep. What bad life decisions have, have caused me to be here? Drinking the overpriced drinks. I was eating an overpriced burger, drinking an overpriced Pepsi Max, sitting by myself, looking at these red strings and thinking, really, is this it? You know? Well, that is pretty much it. I don't know. Like I said, I think you were expecting a bit too much from Grilled. <laughs> yes. Well, yeah, Grilled. I mean, the burger was okay. Now, what about your week, Rich? What's been going on? What have you been reading? What have you been watching? Uh, hmm? What have I been watching? Oh, I've been watching a bit of Mythbusters. I don't oh, yeah. know why. I've just, I've just been in the mood for re-watching some... Uh, some old Mythbusters, and okay. uh, we had stock tech at work, so it's been a bit pre- been a bit busy at work. So, um, well, well, yeah. it, well I mean, not high energy oh, stuff from you, man. Getting, I mean, instead of very well, downbeat, you know. Well, I'm preserving myself for this weekend, so yeah, right. I see. So you're just kind of like keeping it all pretty. So, so no partying, man. You weren't doing coke off any tables or anything. Mm. You're keeping it all pretty down pat. I don't do that anyway, so yeah, yes. <laughs> okay, yeah, yeah. But you never know what's going on in the lair, you know, in the in that hideaway you've got, Rich. I never know exactly what's going on. You keep it all pretty lo-fi, man. Keep it all pretty undercover, as they say, undercover in the night. To quote the Rolling Stones. Um, uh, well, I guess that's why I don't really live online. I just just live life and. Sure. I don't, I don't feel like my life is special enough to keep tweeting about it. I do think my <laughs> life is definitely special enough to keep tweeting about it and promoting it and uh, selling out on every possible level. That's my life. That's it's my life. You know, the, to quote Bon Jovi. Yeah, quote Bon Jovi. Uh, yeah. Um, yeah. No, for me, uh, pretty much, pretty simple. More Highlander, almost finished season one, and I've almost watched all of A Man Called Hawk. This is a great show. This is a great, great show with, uh, I think it's Avery Williams. Um, you familiar with the show, Rich, A Man Called Hawk, the spin-off of Spencer Fire? Uh, again, I know of it, but I've never watched it. I'm going to make a comment right now, Rich. Uh, it's possibly in my top ten shows of all time. Mm, yeah. Uh, yep. quite, quite an achievement. You know, it's up there with The Fugitive. You know, Fugitive sitting around number one, obviously. Um, the Shield. There's another big one, Magnum P.I., Rockford Files, and it looks like a man called Hawk. The only problem with a man called Hawk is there was only one season, you know? I think it's Avery Brooks, actually, was the name of the actor. Is that, is that yeah, the, the guy yeah, from... Avery, Avery Brooks, yes. Yeah, Avery Brooks, Cisco, Cisco from um, Deep Space Nine, which, uh, you know, frankly, is he good in that? Because he's real good in this. Oh, he's fantastic in okay. Deep Space Nine. Yeah, okay, like, yeah. well... 
yeah, based on what I'm seeing from his work in A Man Called Hawk and what I remember from his work in Spencer for Hire, I mean, this is a guy who knows exactly what he's doing, you know? Not like some of the jokers of today who just come to come in and punch a line or two and think that, that it's that easy. I mean, this guy acts. There's acting involved, Rich. There's effort involved, you know? He puts his persona mm. across. Um, oh, yeah, yeah. yeah. He's, a, he's a fantastic actor. Yeah, so, no, I've been pretty happy. Other than that, I'm preparing for my boss coming and uh, I've been booking restaurants left, right and centre. Davey's about to go global, man. Um, (laughs) Restaurants all throughout the Sydney region are being booked for this week uh, coming up for me. Uh, Lunches, dinners. What I don't want is a weigh-in at the end of that week because I reckon that scales could be a bit unkind to me. Uh, because it, it looks like it's going to be. A it big might one. be with all that whining and dining. Yeah, indeed. <laughs> Someone's going to do it, Rich. You know what I'm saying? Well, I mean, you 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 can't sort. Of, you don't have to overeat just because you're taking them out a lot. I, you, I, you could order I a smaller meal, Dave. <laughs> Not going to happen, man. <laughs> <laughs> Ah. Take, it, take, it, take them out to those fancy restaurants where they barely put anything on your plate. Well, yeah, yeah, that's that. But no, I'm purposely picking places where they do put plenty on your plate as well. So, um, yeah, a man called Hawk, uh, whining and dining. That's my life at the moment. And preparing for the Ed Greenwood interview that's coming up in early July. Let me tell you this, Rich. I'm going deep into Dungeons & Dragons at the moment. Deep. Deep lore of Forgotten Realms, man. I'm up at nights, I'm reading, I'm researching. I've got questions for him about the post-apocalypse. I've got questions about world-building, Rich. Um, We're going to get in deep. Societal change, revolutionaries. These are all terms that you're going to hear me throwing at Ed Greenwood, man. And um, I think this guy's going to have a lot of answers, frankly, from what I've seen from this guy. Fingers crossed. Fingers crossed, man. I think it's going to get deep. You thought we went deep with JM? Get ready for another plunge to the depths. You know? Remember with JM where I brought up, did I bring up the alien birthing chambers? I definitely brought up the Matrix. Uh, um, yes, you definitely brought that stuff up. Yeah, and I remember JM was, he was open to it. You know? He was open to some of the thoughts that I was putting down, if I recall correctly. There's a lot of a lot of information. I mean, uh, are you sure? Okay. Well, don't you remember that we were getting into it? Life is a... Don't you remember? Life is a dream of God. Mm, you remember that? Yeah. yeah. I, I do remember him saying he didn't agree with your simulation sure, theory. Sure, but, but we'll, everyone's tossing around theories, man. Everyone was tossing around theories on that conversation. You know, I mean, life is a dream of God. That That's good. And he even said, not necessarily a Christian God, whatever you believe God is, life is an illusion. A dream of God. Bang. I was responding to it. I almost said yeah, to him... Oh, you definitely were. I almost said to him, what if I am God? You know? And it's my own dream that I'm in. What about that, Rich? Mm. Then you're getting layers of, uh, under layers, aren't you? Maybe too many layers. <laughs> but, like, it would be a God that doesn't know it's God. You know what I mean? Like it's it's divine, but no no knowledge of its powers or anything like that. I'm a, I'm a simple man, Dave. I like to go into theories. I'm a I'm a simple man. I like my theories. Lead a, lead a simple life. I don't particularly. Uh, you know, I like to get complex, complex, and you know. But like, I was listening to a Johnny Cash song, 
this week, and it was uh, the Gospel Road, and he has the scene where the devil uh, is tempting Jesus in the desert, and the devil says something along the lines of, if your God turned this stone to bread, and Jesus said, man cannot live by bread alone. I'm like, if I was the devil, I'd be like, fine, but still turn it to bread, please, to prove your power. But he said, get behind me, Satan. <laughs> I'm literally quoting the Johnny Cash song. <laughs> pretty much you are. I am. I literally am quoting it. You're literally just quoting it line for line. I don't actually. I, I believe you me, listeners. I have not read the passage in the Bible, but I do know the Johnny Cash song. And he said, get behind me, Satan. And um, and then, I, unfortunately, I don't know any more of the story because Johnny Cash then switched topics. But um, it was pretty cool. So the devil pointed to a block of rock and I think reasonably asked him to prove his divinity by changing it to bread. I think that's a reasonable request, you know, because that would prove that at least this guy's got some sort of power, you know, otherworldly power. Yeah, but, but he, doesn't, he doesn't owe you any proof or the devil any proof. Sure, but it's uh, uh, fine. But it's still uh, it, like in my mind, that's a decent request. Yes, it was. It was rejected. And he said, "Man cannot live by bread alone." I, I would have responded, "Well, that wasn't my question. I wasn't saying that." <laughs> you know what I was saying was, "Turn a rock into bread, please." Now let's make it snappy. You know, let's let's see some miracles. Let's see some tricks. Yeah, but I mean, there it's were technically fight. people who saw miracles in those days and still didn't believe in Jesus or still betrayed him. So. Sure. doesn't mean anything just because you prove it. 30 pieces of silver. And uh, don't you feel the Phantom Stranger... Well, it's still, I, just a very odd decision to make the Phantom Stranger Judas. I've never seen that guy as the duplicitous type. Mysterious, yes. Duplicitous? Not particularly. You know, you've probably read more Phantom Stranger than me, Rich, but he's normally a man of mystery, isn't he? Yeah, I mean, I think... I don't know if... Uh, JM said this um, or, or not, but I like the idea of the because he also wears that like silver necklace thing. Yeah, that's what I they like got it from, I think. You know, no, but I like the idea of maybe that belonging to Judas. Sure, but it is necessarily yeah. that kind of stranger is Judas. Maybe he is yeah. someone who yeah committed a sin or betrayed someone, mm. and the, and the, and this has become like a an artifact, a magical artifact. Sure. Um, that he's burdened with, that he's burdened with. Yeah, yeah. I like that idea more than just making him Judas. Feels a bit too obvious to make him Judas. And also, I, he, if he'd been Jupe Judas, I would have expected he'd be more sneaky, you know, like a bit of a sneakster over the years. Uh, I'm sure he's pretty sneaky, I mean. Is he? <laughs> okay, he does maybe disappear and he's always, uh, he's always uh, you never know what he's up to or what his plan is. So. Sure. I don't really know the story of Judas. I, like, I know that he betrayed Jesus for 30 silver pieces. I don't think Judas is particularly sneaky. I mean, Jesus literally knew what he was going to do. Didn't he always say Judas is the one I love the most? And then he I, was... I, I don't know. I, I want to say, I'm, I'm drawing back on Catholic school education here, but, but I don't know if that was added by the church to make Judas seem especially traitorous afterwards. You know what I mean? I think in the religion I was taught, I always made a big deal about how Jesus was like, Judas is the one I love the most, and he's the one who will betray me or something. And it was like, okay, so 
you know, it was really ramping it up the stakes kind of thing, like making it especially bad that he wasn't just like a hanger-on. But, you know, we weren't there. We don't know the full details, you know. We don't know if it was a divine. We don't know. I think we can accept there was a prophet called Jesus. We don't know if that was a divine being. We don't know the ins and outs of the of the situation. We don't know if there was torture involved by the Romans. Potentially there was. Um, you would think there probably was. There was panic. You know, there was panic amongst the disciples. Fascinating stuff. I love that kind of stuff. I, 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 I could do with a good Jesus epic that, that, that covered that kind of era, you know? Have they ever done a movie, like, uh, on The Last Supper? <sighs> I mean, I'm sure they have. I haven't seen it. Um, I know that they've done, obviously, the Passion after, you know, uh, the, the after effects of that, and obviously they've done Moses and they've done... Yeah, Ten Commandments um, and all that. All that sort of stuff. But, I mean, have they ever done a movie that just... Where the ending is, like, The, the Last betrayal. Supper, basically. Like, yeah, the betrayal, and that's kind of like the end of the movie. I- I don't know. I tell you what, when I was watching Ben Hur again, good movie, I'd forgotten how much Jesus is in it. <laughs> it literally starts with his birth. The the actual Ben Hur starts with the birth, which I did not remember at all from when I watched it way back in high school. And then Jesus appears to him when he's um, looking for water and he's thirsty. And then the, the Roman soldier comes to strike him and then Jesus looks at him. You don't see the face of Jesus. And then the Roman soldier turns away. It's pretty cool. Uh, like, I mean, you know, I'm not particularly religious, but I, I, it's a powerful scene and a very good movie. Uh, rewatching it, I was like, man, this is, you know, it, it stacks up. Like, I enjoyed it more now as an adult than I remember enjoying it as a kid, you know. Because well, as a kid, it was too long. Too long. But yeah. as an adult, it's fine. Yeah, exactly. It's like, it's a good, it's a good, uh, it's a good length. Exactly. Now, um, Richard, I've got a question for you. How did the Illuminati beat Thanos in Doctor Strange Multiverse of Madness? Do you know the answer to that question? Oh, uh, fuck, I can't remember. It was something, <laughs> some forbidden thing that Doctor Strange did. Was um, it the Eye of Agamotto or something? I don't think so. No? So, was it? it, it no, I think it, it was the thing that, like, what the, I believe it was the thing that they were looking for. Right. So, remember at the beginning they were trying to, get that book or something or or you know which which led to the, the that that doctor strange at the beginning getting killed uh-huh i believe that doctor strange of that universe created that thing i think maybe and used it but it put the will because it's a multiverse thing it put the the book of vashanti something like that i think it was something okay. like i can't remember what it was but it was something to do with the multiversity that um that that's why they killed him afterwards because he had pretty much almost wiped out the the planet by, uh, by using that magic that created you know um, an overlap with another planet or something like that. Oh, I see. Okay, so Strange caused an incursion with another universe, destroying the entire reality. The be- the rest of the Illuminati found another way to defeat the Mad Titan. The Illuminati then searched for the Book of Ashanti, a book that bestows its user with whatever ability they require to defeat their enemies. Upon, yeah, that's it, yes. upon finding that book, they used its power to ultimately defeat Thanos. Just after the event of killing Thanos, uh, Doctor Strange willfully sacrificed wrongdoings with Black Bolt killing Strange. With Thanos defeated and Strange dead, Mordo became the next Sorcerer Supreme member of the Illuminati. But they were reasonably weak, you know, in my opinion. In the, you know, I think the Illuminati were cool. It was a great scene, but I did think that they were a little weak in the in the in the film. 
I didn't think they were cool at all. You didn't like it, did you? I well, I mean, again, when you when you think of the Illumin the proper Illuminati, this one is very underwhelming. Sure, we're feeling it. I mean, you had you had, you had Xavier. I was not happy with when he spoiled his kids, got terminated. I uh, wasn't happy with that at all. I, I said to you that at the time. Yeah, um, but I mean, as I said, the, the proper Illuminati is you know it's Reed Richards, it's uh, Tony Stark, it's Professor X, it's Namor, uh, it's you know it's Black Panther, it's Doctor Strange. Like I don't know, I just feel like um, this one was just pretty, as you say, like subpar. Like we're not really yeah. powerful, not really yeah. like. You know, I mean, come on, like, I mean, the Illuminati was supposed to be the most powerful. And when I say powerful, I don't mean in terms of strength. I mean, power as in, like, leaders or rulers Uh or the smartest people on the planet. Uh And I'm sorry, but neither that Captain Marvel or um, (laughs) Captain Carter fit that that description. Like, who was the captain? It was the black Captain Marvel, wasn't it? Yeah. 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 But even regular Captain Marvel, I'm sorry, she's not exactly the smartest person. Oh, but she's powerful. In, she's a powerhouse. No, no. I, again, I'm, again, the Illuminati was never about power, as right. in your powers. It was about either you were the leader of a nation, as in you wielded political power, yep. or you were the smartest person like Reed and, and Tony mm. uh, and, and Doctor Strange. So it wasn't about powers and strength, because otherwise the Hulk is the strongest, or Thor. But... It wasn't about that power. It was about what you could do with that influential power, that that political power, that yeah. you could create change and control, uh, you know, destiny yeah. and all that sort of stuff. And again, I just don't feel like those two characters just really fit in the Illuminati. No. Yeah. Well, I mean, uh, there was there was some lightweights there. Like Captain Carter was out of her depth. You know, massively out of her depth. Like let's 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 be let's call a spade a spade, you know. She was struggling for any kind of form. Um, she was it was a name only. It was purely there. To, it was a bit of fan service, you know, because people who enjoyed Captain Carter in the What If Show, yada yada yada. Um, but you never really felt like she was going to stand up to too much heavy duty scrutiny, you know. Mm. And, yeah. Yeah, so it was what it was, Ben. But um, yeah, I, I could just I just couldn't remember what it was. Now, uh, have you seen the new Obi Wan episode, Rich? Sadly, yes. Okay, I haven't. So you're going to have to take us right through it. Obi Wan. No, no, I'm not doing this again. <laughs> if, if I'm, I'm going to stop watching it starting right now. <laughs> no, well, because the reason I haven't no, seen it is I'm done. I'm not doing this where I review a show that I hate. <laughs> Well, I'm not enjoying no, while you sit will, back and do nothing. I will, t- uh, Richard, Richard, calm down. I will take over the reviewing chores next week. It was just the fact we were recording on a Thursday and I have had a very busy week and I hadn't had a chance to watch it last night. Now, as your final swan song for re- reviewing Obi-Wan, take us through the show. Please take us through point to point. What happened? Uh, a whole bunch of bullshit. Okay. Um, Eddie Vader? Let's see. Um... No, you get a glimpse of him in his back to tank. That's it. Um, so they rescue Obi-Wan somehow. Like somehow Vader in his suit is scared of fire. Uh-huh. Um, you know, can't put it out with the force or jump over it or anything like that. So right. they escape with him. But of course, uh, Reva captures Leia. And right. for some reason is questioning Leia about the resistance uh-huh. like about the not sorry not the resistance the uh the path okay. you know the people who smuggle out jedi and oh. 
I just don't understand. Like, she told a bunch of people to kidnap her to draw out Obi-Wan. So why the fuck are you questioning her? Like, she knows everything about the path as, like, a 10-year-old kid. Yeah, I was going to say, how much is this kid going to really know? That's why I say this this show is so full of fucking stupid logic, man. Like, seriously, you just... You watch it, and all I can do is go, "What are you fucking doing? You're you're threatening to torture a ten year old who you got involved in this, who was never involved, yeah, 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 from the start, and you expect her to have the answers. Does she have the answers? How would she have the no, answers? No, of course yeah. not. She doesn't. She doesn't know anything. Yeah, I was going to say it's you know. Odd. Anyway, <laughs> the Obi Wan goes to rescue her with the help of the the, the chick that pretends to be a um an Imperial agent oh, or officer yeah, or whatever. Yeah, yeah. Um, they go to the actual like inquisitor place oh. and, you know, just the two of them managed to like break in um, and stealthily, you know, get through there and all that sort of crap. And uh, then they found like a whole bunch of just like bodies in that are dead, but put in like suspended Amber crap, you know, like a trophy. Right. Oh, Type thing and all that. Um, some uh, no, barely anyone I recognised in it. Like, who does this? Who does this belong to? It's the Inquisitors. This like so oh, where they right. went to was like the Inquisitor sort of home base, basically. Mm-hmm. Um, oh. And anyway, like they rescue Leia, um, and uh, <laughs> you're so unimpressed. Darth Vader's, <laughs> Vader's like now all of a sudden he rocks up and then he's choking Reva and she's like, I put a tracker on them. Oh. And I was just like, oh my god! So we're just repeating like what uh, Darth Vader did to Han Solo and them, like when he put a tracker on the on the Millennium Falcon. Did he? Yeah, they put a tracker on so they could track down the um, the Rebel base. Anyway, because again, uh, a Star Wars right now has got no original ideas. Okay. Um, and yeah, that's kind of like the the end of that. But it's. Man, not, I just, you're not happy. It's it's a it's a story that's struggling to find a story. It's yeah. a, it's a TV show that's struggling to find a story. Yeah. Like I kind of feel like they're making it up as they go along. Like, yeah. I again, you, I don't know why you involved Leia in the first place. Like that's a massive gamble, mm. right? Um, and then Reva is like questioning her, and the whole thing of like. Oh, they they can sense if if a child is strong with a force, but no one can sense that she's strong with a force, mm. like that she's special. Um, and and you know what? I know why they're doing this. So they in the legends, mm. Luke named his son Ben because Luke had the connection with Ben. Yes, but in the prequel, uh, in the sequels, they Leia named her her child Ben. Ben Solo, yeah. Who became so now- Kylo Ren, yeah. So now they're trying to retroactively trying to claim that Obi-Wan is very important to Leia. Right. Which, again, kind of is negated because she doesn't seem to show a lot of care or even sadness that Obi-Wan is killed in the fucking original movies. No, that's true. Doesn't even bat a fucking eyelid. Like, where's where's Obi-Wan? Where's Obi-Wan? Obi-Wan's dead. He was my hero. Like, I mean, this is what happens when you try to artificially manufacture... Sure. Connections where there wasn't a connection. That's one of your hatred. Uh, look, to be fair, I kind of hate it as well, where they do the prequel, but they had to map the story out. So Star Wars is so guilty of this, and they fill it with so much shit that what was originally there, that, that technically is chronologically after, it doesn't make any sense. Because, like, uh, this is a perfect example of what you of what you dislike, actually. 
they're building this connection to Obi-Wan, which if you watch New Hope, it's not really there. No, as I said, it's it's Ben and Luke have the connection. Yeah, yeah. You know, like, and you know what? Don't get me wrong. I actually don't necessarily have a problem with an, a, a TV show like this that's centered around Leia, mm. but instead of her father getting Obi-Wan, maybe you could introduce some new sort of bounty hunter. Some, or other or, Jedi. Or another or, Jedi. Or mercenary. Well, it can't be another Jedi because the Jedi on the run, they're kind of hiding. But my point is, you this is a way you could have expanded the universe mm. and you created it. You could have created a new character, mm-hmm. you know, or even gone, you know what? This would be a perfect opportunity to introduce like a, a character like Dash Rendar. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Where he, he ends up being the person that, you know, uh, rescues Leia or whatever because Leia's been kidnapped and all that. You know, I just I, I I don't have an issue with this Leia story. I just have an issue with being in an Obi Wan TV show. I feel like it's being forced in there, and it just doesn't belong. Like, uh, but that's just again that's my opinion. I'm sure there's people that love the show that disagree. So I mean, I I enjoyed it, um, but uh, but I haven't seen this episode. And uh, so, how does Obi Wan use his you know Jedi mind trick? Does he use his lightsaber in this? No, he does. He does use the Force, and now all of a sudden he's uh, a you know after getting his ass handed to him by Vader, now all of a sudden he's a lot more proficient with his lightsaber. Okay, yeah. just you know uh, blocking blaster bolts and stuff like it's like he like he's not out of practice. So oh. he's he's out of practice. It seems to be just you know um, whatever fits the story or what whatever we're doing at the time it's not it's not like um uh, consistent mm. okay yeah i mean yeah you don't you don't sound thrilled and uh i know some people who are really enjoying the show just uh, casual friends of mine who are very much enjoying the show i personally have enjoyed it but um but it's but having said that it's not great you know like i don't think any of the like honestly i don't think any of the star wars shows i've seen including mandalorian have been great i think good sums it up a lot of it, you know, but, um, like, I thought Mandalorian was overpraised. I thought Boba Fett was pretty subpar, and I thought Obi-Wan's been reasonably enjoyable, but none of it's been amazing, you know what I mean? Like, well, in terms again, of again, I feel like you should be using the TV shows and stuff to set up new characters, mm. expand the world, and use original characters very sparingly. Sure. Right? Because... There's more to fuck up with the original characters than yeah. there is with newer characters. Do you know what I mean? If you fuck up a newer character, you can always just go, oh, okay, fine, 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 cancel it, move on, we'll create it. You know what I mean? Like, mm. forget about the character. You can't really do that, with, you know, and the more they keep using the original characters, I just feel like the more they're ruining them because uh, personally, I, they don't, I don't think they know what to do with the characters. I don't think they know how to write, in my opinion, a, a, a well-told narrative like oh. this to me is is not a, a good story i'm sorry like is it maybe it, 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 i don't have an issue with people saying oh man but it's so cool to see you mcgregor's obi-wan and you know oh i i can't wait for the obi-wan darth vader i mean i don't agree but i get it oh. but i do not think that this is a this is a uh, this show is a very good narrative i think it's very oh. all over the place yeah, I feel like that, it doesn't yeah. quite know what to do um and I mean, for God's sakes, I mean, it's so obvious that Reva is a uh, Jedi survivor mm. and she's hunting down people that she feels betrayed her or, you know, uh, let her get captured. Well, she's by got the... force powers, so that's not exactly a big fucking shock, is it? No, 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 no. But what I mean is she's one of the younglings from the beginning of the show. 
that right. escaped Order 66. Mm. And someone probably betrayed her, probably someone from the path or one of her friends that led her to be captured by the Empire and they converted her and tortured her. And but that's her okay. I don't mind her. that as a storyline. It's all right. But my point is it's so obvious. Mm. So was my, there a scene my... Was there a scene showing the younglings escaping in this show? Yeah, it was right, right at the. It was the very first thing they showed you in the first okay. episode. Right. Okay. Oh, and yeah. This it is was. Why, where, where the, where the people why shot them in the back. Yeah. This is why I think it's important that she needs to have. She needed to have some kind of mask, mm. right? So I feel like because I believe there was a uh, there, there was a young black girl in the group of those kids that escaped. Right. Um. Now, again, all the other inquisitors wear some sort of mask or helmet, except for the Grand Inquisitor, right? Yep. Except for her. She apparently doesn't have to wear like a helmet or the full ensemble. But I kind of feel like you needed to maybe hide her a little bit more in maybe her face or her look uh-huh. so that you maybe wouldn't go, oh, it's probably the same little girl from the beginning. I kind of already know her. I've got a now. question. I've got a question. Is it just me or do the Inquisitors look like they're from a weird race, like that kind of white colored no, that, skin? No, no, no. So they're all, they're all different species. Okay. Right. All right. They're all, they're all different aliens. Because I noticed that there's that one of the one of the one of the ones she killed had that weird kind of hat on, and then I noticed the girl, the woman who was working with him, seemed to be an alien of another species as well, although she was humanoid. Um, yeah. uh, I mean, they're all humanoid, but the, yeah, they're all different aliens. I thought I read somewhere that the Empire was like massively xenophobic, and it was really hard for aliens to advance very far, which is why Thrawn was such an aberration. Yeah, but you know, um, this is Disney, so even your bad guys have to be, you know, progressive. So <laughs> that's funny, Richard. The the politically diverse uh, empire has, <laughs> you know, it's turned over a new leaf, and now diverse hiring. <laughs> well, that's my point. I I would have thought that it was pretty obvious that the empire was not just xenophobic, sure, but also sexist. I'm just trying to remember. Was there many female? There was some females in the in the in the Empire in the previous in the original movies. I think I've seen to recall there were some. No, I don't think there was. No, not on not on the deck of the ships. Nope, I don't think there was a single one. Really? Wow, that's damning in itself. Um, was there some in the sequels in the First Order? I think I, I don't know if there was or not. I, I really don't. Ah, uh, mate, I only watched the first um, two movies. I couldn't. I couldn't tell you so. Okay. Yeah, I don't. I don't know. Did you watch? You haven't watched the Last Jedi. I've watched exactly thirty-five minutes of it and switched it off. Okay, all right. Um, okay, now Paramount um, had a huge opening weekend with Maverick, and they only dropped thirty-three percent um, in its second week, which is a really, really impressive number. Um, so the movie it has legs, basically. Um, this this mm. movie it opened above a hundred million, uh, very small drop. Um, in terms of these blockbusters, very small in the second week. Um, I believe it's Tom Cruise's highest debuting movie ever. Um, mm. Obviously, you've got to take inflation into account there, but um, still, uh, it's remarkable. And it goes to show, put a good movie in cinemas, put Tom Cruise in top form in a good product, uh, Top Gun, and I think a lot of people were thinking this movie would flop. I had my doubts about this movie with how long it had you know, basically been on ice, but it has proved all the naysayers wrong, and Tom Cruise has done it again. Uh, he's done it with the Mission Impossible franchises for you know over two decades now, 
and uh, I mean, it's fantastic to see. And I, and, I, and I honestly can't wait to see this film. I haven't seen it yet, pretty much because I've been busy at work. But um, I'm mm. definitely going to go catch this film. And yeah, I mean, impressive numbers, Rich. Would you agree? Oh yeah, very impressive. I'm interested to see what happens with the lawsuit, though. What's the lawsuit, man? I don't, not familiar. Uh, so the family of the author whose article inspired the original 1986 Top Gun is suing Paramount Pictures for copyright oh. infringement. Love it. Well, hopefully they get a nice chunk of change out of that, I'd like to see. Mm-hmm. The studio failed to reacquire the rights. Right. To Top Gun, so. I see. So, right. So Paramount have pumped out a sequel without coughing up anything. Well, according to, to this, yeah, apparently they don't own the copyright anymore to, oh, okay. to Top Gun. Gee, so. that would seem like a huge oversight, if that's true, um, to not renew. I mean, it has been a long time uh, between Top Gun and now. What was Top Gun 84, I believe? Um, uh, something like that. Yeah, I think it was 84, if I had to guess. It might have been 85, but I think it was 84. Uh, well, 1986, I think. Okay, all right. Um, ever seen a Clint Eastwood movie called Firefox? You ever, you ever seen that one? It plays a jet fighter pilot. It's good. It's a good film. Um, yeah, it's a, it's an oldie. It's from the very early eighties. Very early eighties. Clint Eastwood. Uh, it's a un um, what do you call it? Underestimated film. Bit of an overlooked classic in the Clint Eastwood uh, sphere. Um, I remember seeing it as a young young kid. That's the name of a web browser as well. Yeah, I think I th- I'm look. I'm going off my memory. From a long time ago, but I, I'm pretty confident it's called Firefox. Put Firefox, Clint Eastwood, and it's like a jet fighter pilot thing, like classic Cold War stuff. Um, I'm typing it in here. Clint Eastwood, yeah, 1982. Clint Eastwood movie. Uh, techno thriller, directed and starring Clint Eastwood, uh, based on the 77 novel, which I've also read. I read the novel. Um, it's about a pilot being sent to the Soviet Union and something goes wrong and he has to f- fly out, I think. Uh, he's sent on into the Soviet Union on a mission to steal a prototype jet fighter that can be partially controlled by a Neurolink. Uh, it's cool. It's fun. It's a fun movie. Like, if, you, if you're just after a fun film and uh, Clint Eastwood kind of in good form and directing himself, it's, it's you know one to check out. You've never seen it, Rich? I do not know. I don't think I yeah. have seen this. Yeah, no, check it out. Check that one out. Uh, now, Jurassic World Dominion draws mixed first reactions from roaring fun to overindulgent and pointless. <laughs> Doesn't that cover a lot of modern cinema? Overindulgent and pointless. That's, Pretty much. That yeah. could cover a lot of material that we cover on this show. <laughs> you know. <laughs> well, again, most of the most of the the. Uh, uh, Twenty-year sequels and the yeah, uh, reboots yeah. are pretty much overindulgent and pointless. Yes, yes, yeah. When they're like, you know what we need to do an Independence Day sequel, like twenty-five years later. Okay, <laughs> it's like, and I mean, especially Jurassic World, they squeezed it dry twenty years ago, and now they've rehauled it up and they've done the exact same thing again. Let's squeeze it dry again. <laughs> Let's. Let's stretch the audience out to the to that to that point where there's of no return. Then let's give it a break, and then let's drag it out again, and let's do the exact same thing again. Like let's not be original, let's not be innovative, let's stick to the formula and just see how far we can hoodwink the audience in again. And I've got to be honest, none of the Jurassic World sequels have particularly impressed me. Like honestly, I've I've seen them, and I've just none of them capture the original. I, the first one probably was the closest, 
but to capturing the original Jurassic Park. But I don't think any of the Jurassic Park or World sequels go anywhere near the original. You know. Yeah, I mean, I, I I agree because I I think what studios are trying to do is um, uh, they're just trying to make the sort of the money off the 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 nostalgia and the name recognition. Hundred percent. Because the the thing is, you don't need a remake slash sequels to to uh, Jurassic Park because it still holds up today. Mm. You could you could put it on TV and it would still be. Yeah. entertaining enjoyable look i understand if maybe you want to make a, mo- a redo a movie remake a movie from like the 40s 50s mm. 60s where you know it's like 60 odd years ago mm. it's noticeably maybe uh old out there, you know what i mean yeah um, not necessarily doesn't stand up but you go like she's it's black and white or you know it's it's you know we need to modernize this i don't have an issue with that as much you know as i said like um if you've got a classic story and it's been like 50, 60 years, I don't mind them oh, sort of doing the modern yeah. version. But I mean, for God's sakes, if the movie's only like 20 years old mm. and you, you know, 15 years old and you're doing like a reboot remake, I'm like, it, you don't need it. It's, it's so close. Yeah. Yeah. It still stands up today. You know what I mean? Even a movie from the eighties, I feel like you could watch it today, eighties and nineties, because it's still close enough that, it's kind of the same life. Yeah, what what did you think? Out. What did you think of the Ghostbusters sequel, the 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 recent one? The re, you know the Are you one about Afterlife. Yes, yes. I still haven't seen it. Well, it's okay. I see. I think that's not a bad film, and it's reasonably funny. It's totally inessential. Like it's there's nothing about it that is remarkable in any way. But it's it's a reasonably well well you know. Well-made movie is all I'll say. But even then, I don't think... Uh, how can I say it? I, I get these things are just to make money. Like, that's the goal. But still, they, there's still an audience there, and it's like, will the audience enjoy it? Yada, yada, yada. And I just think it's completely inessential, frankly. Well, that's a, that's the thing. I mean, I kind of feel like Ghostbusters isn't really even a, a franchise that like needs or lends itself to multiple sequels. Mm. Like, you know, it's just a funny story. Yeah. But a bunch of guys that discover the ghosts are real. But once you get, once you get past that, there isn't really any more need for Ghostbusters. Do you know what I mean? Mm. Like the whole, the whole fun of the movie is that they discovering the ghosts are real. Yeah. It's a fairly thin concept almost like it's, yeah. it's a comedy horror. It's, it's not a deep, like, People who get really into the lore of Ghostbusters, I mean, part I'm like, really? Like, it's like it's like the comic we, some of the comics we do, feel so thin. You know what I mean? Like, like Ghostbusters, it's a funny movie, it's a funny concept, but that's all it is. It's just a light, funny kind of movie with a little touch of. I mean, I hesitate to use the word horror, but you know how I mean it, like in a very sort of generic way, and that's it. There's not a ton of a, a you know territory to explore. Like I, I even think Ghostbusters two, frankly, back in the day, I always thought that that was nowhere near as good as the original. I know some people really enjoy it. I felt it was already stretched pretty thin in that sequel, which does have some funny moments. But well, I I, I agree, and that's why I think they could never settle on a third one because yeah. I think they just could never be happy with a script because again, it's so thin. As you say, it's just it's not. As I said, it's not, it's not a concept that leads itself to like multi, you know, it's not yeah. like Men in Black. Mm. Men in Black is something you could build a franchise around because it's aliens. It's, yeah. You can have a grand adventure every movie 
about so many different aliens or scenarios. But oh. Ghostbusters, as I said, it was a very limited story and concept to begin with. That I think, yeah, I agree with you. They were really pushing it at even two movies. Yeah, I totally agree. And I mean, but I will say this: uh, you watch this new one, you're like, it's okay. Like, there's nothing wrong with it. Maybe kids would really respond to it. I'd be interested to get a kid who's not seen any of the others and put them in front of it and see what their reaction is. Because you never know. You never know with kids. But it'd be interesting to get, like, you know, an age range from, like, an 8-year-old to a 15-year-old, put them in front of their Ghostbusters and see how they respond, you know? Um, and, I mean, it did good numbers. So there was there was an appetite there. It's a well... What I'm trying to say is it's a well-made movie. Independence Day Resurgence is not a well-made movie. And I, I, I dare to say, I guarantee this Jurassic World sequel will not be the particularly well made. The previous one wasn't. And, you know, if they fail, they deserve to fail kind of thing. Like Independence Day and the Men in Black uh, reboot were terrible movies, really. You know, like the, yeah. there was... Well, I mean, look at the Robocop reboot. Look at yeah. the Total Recall reboot. These movies may look more modern. Mm. And special effects may look better, but Jesus Christ, the older movies are the far superior movies. Like, oh, Robo, Ro- the original Robocop, I'd say the first two Robocops are so much better than that reboot, you know? Like, mm. um, but even Total Recall, which is such a bizarre, yeah, fucking weird movie, is so much better the original with Arnold Schwarzenegger than the um, the Colin Farrell one. Than the Colin, which, yeah, which it was it, okay, I thought, you know, like, uh, like the original uh, Total Recall is just way more ambitious, um. Was that James Cameron or not? No. Oh, I can't remember. But my point is it had no soul. That's the thing. Like, the Robocop remake and the Total Recall, it's like it was lacking soul. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, You know, it it, it lacked that soul and charm of the originals. Sure. No, I I agree. i tell you a movie. I've probably mentioned it before on the show that I enjoy The Last Action Hero. I think that's an underrated... I think that's an (laughs) underrated film, man. You know? Like... Mm. It's good. It's a good, fun movie. Um, now, Rich, news that will not be thrilling you. Kevin Smith is returning to executive produce Master Universe Revolution, a new animated He-Man production that looks to be a sequel, I'll get, oh, really, to 2021's Master Universe Revelation. You were very much against Revelation. I never finished it. Um, yeah, you, you, you lost me at just Kevin Smith. Yeah. He's in your bad books. In your yeah. bad, as soon as you said books. Kevin Smith, my brain just went, I'm out. I remember years ago, we went to a comic book convention and you were so deep into Kevin Smith's podcast. I remember I was impressed. You were really oh, yeah. you were really enjoying Kevin Smith's podcast. And, and at times I have too, because I think at times he can be likable. Uh, he definitely yeah, takes but it I mean, too far. But we're talking well over 15 years ago. No, right? yeah, it was a long yeah. time ago. I, do, yeah, I just remember so. you were loving it, but he he really disappointed you with his He-Man stuff, didn't he? Yeah, well, again, uh, because, you know, the the problem is, is that, like, he's always going, gone against the grain. Mm. And I just feel like um, lately he's become corporatized. He's become, you know, he's become a yes man. Oh, yeah. Um, oh, he's a shill. Know, whereas, he's a fucking shill. Yeah, he whereas before, he, the he reason he was entertaining is, one, he, he's a good storyteller, like, when, when he's telling a story, yeah. it's, it's quite entertaining um to listen to him tell a story um on the podcast but you always you always kind of respected him and you liked him because he would tell it like it is and you know he would call out hollywood's bullshit and you know what i mean and you felt like he was um yeah i know what you mean you know but now as i said in the last 
like 10 years or whatever, I just feel like it's become such a shill. Oh, the, the last like, decade has all been about him making sure he can make his mortgage repayments, you know? Yeah. Um, yeah. And, yeah, he's become a gigantic shill. Shameless as well. Shameless. You know, um, to a point of it's parody. It's like it's like yeah, watching an well, actual parody. He, you know, he, he went from, like, what the fuck are they doing to, oh, they can do no wrong. They can do no wrong. You know what I mean? Oh, my you God, know, they put know. Aquaman on screen. I started sobbing. It was just the yeah. most beautiful fucking thing. Ever. Like, really? Like, you've you, you've lost any kind of – I hate these people, too, who, who you're not allowed to critique anything. It's got to be positive. Why? Why? These companies, are, a lot of them are putting out shit. Why, why does it need to be positive? Like, the, the product they're putting out is very fucking subpar. Um, there's no oh, way, I, you know. I mean, you talk about that like you, you don't have to be positive. It's so funny that um, almost anything now that gets a bad review mm. automatically gets called review bombing. Right. I love that. Like, anytime people are going, I hate this movie or this show or whatever, I think it's terrible, literally everyone just goes, oh, this show's getting review bombed. And it's like, so let me get this straight. <laughs> if if all the stuff is positive, then it's genuine. Mm. But if a lot of the stuff is negative, then it just automatically becomes review bombing. Like sure. we we just we just go, oh, it's actually a brilliant show. It's just that there's some people that hate it and they review bombing. They're racist like, and they're sexist. You know, I just find that funny. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Like, well, I mean, isn't isn't something that gets uh, highly reviewed being positively review bombed? Then, like, I mean, I just don't understand the whole like, if it's successful, it's genuine. If it's getting you know, grilled, then it's it's review bombing. It's it's hateful people. I'm like, I thought the whole point was if something's good, it's good, and if something's bad, people can say it's bad. I I, I don't understand why that's review bombing. Yeah, yeah, no, I know. Oh well, man. Like, um, I, I I hear you. I feel your pain. But um, so you did watch all of the Kevin Smith He Man though. The what was it called? Revelation. No, I only watched the first season. Okay. Well, the yeah. first half. Well, I mean, they, it was only one season that they split. They into split two, it too. I, I watched almost all of it. I, I didn't hate it as much as you, but I certainly was like, "Where's He Man?" You know, um, there was a little. Well, bit that's of, like, why they called it Masters of the Universe and not He Man, so they could turn around and say, "We didn't say He Man. It's Masters <laughs> of the Universe." Fuck, it's like saying "fuck off." Like, give me a Skeletor show. I'd watch that. Jesus, I love Skeletor. I, I, I've always loved Skeletor. He's always been my favorite. Easily. Mm. Easily, I don't know that that he man just wasn't fun or enjoyable. I'm sorry, like it, it looked cool. Don't get yeah, me wrong, the animation cool. I thought was was schmick. Yeah, but um, but Jesus Christ, it was no again, no heart, no soul. I just felt it felt empty. Like it just didn't feel like lost your soul. Yeah, man, no soul. That's the theme tonight, man. No soul. Wow. Well, that's. I mean, I've been watching a lot of like older stuff and all that, and yeah. you know, just even some old B grade movies and stuff. Mm. And even though they're like they bad, I feel like people still put their heart and soul into it. Give me some names, Rich. I, what have you watching? Give me some names. Oh, jeez, what did I watch now the other night? Um, shit, what was it called? I think it was called The Quest for the Mighty Sword. Right. Wow. Basic. <laughs> it's got yeah. no one you know ever in it. In fact, they even reused some of the um, the, the the troll. Um, masks and stuff from that like horrendous troll movies that are like you know famously bad right um and in fact do you remember the movie robin hood men in tights the yeah, yeah, Mel Brooks the, Mel Brooks movie, yeah. the guy that played uh, little john in that is mm-hmm. actually the main character in this he's the the main actor right and he plays both his father and the son mm-hmm. um 
it's just one of those it's it's one of those really cheap fantasy movies that was like filmed in Italy. Yeah. Uh, even a lot of the actors don't speak English. You can tell the voice dubbing and all that sort of stuff. But I just thought to myself, but these people made it with passion. Yeah. Like it's bad, but I just I can still feel the passion. I can mm. feel the like someone like put their heart and soul into it and just a lot of stuff today I just it feels so sterile. It just feels you know, like it's not coming from a place of enjoyment. Yeah, no, I hear, man. I mean, well, that's you know, like I do think on TV there's a lot of a lot of better stuff at times. Like I, I find myself going towards the TV for sometimes a more fulfilling meal. It feels like maybe the the sort of megaplexes, the cinemas, what they're churning out on the big screen, is a little sterile. You know, it's a little homogenous. Yeah, like, I mean, as I said, like I was watching the Orville. Yeah, and yeah. you know, I feel like the Orville, unlike the current Star Trek, is made with passion. It's yeah, made with, I, th- I think, it's a good, you know, uh, respect, love, you know, uh, uh, of of that medium, mm. you know, of of the the stories they're trying to tell. And you just don't get that from the other Star Trek. When the other Star Trek, as I said, just feels cold, sterile, like just going through the motions. Are you watching like the Strange New Worlds? Uh, again, I watched the first episode, but I'm like. I don't know if I actually want to continue. It's just, so funny because you were loving that guy so much. I remember again, but it's well, yeah, but again, I, I, you know, this is why I try not to get excited for shit because I keep getting wow. let down. So. Jesus, man! Wowee, dude! They really, they really kind of like they left a mark on you, man, didn't they? That's uh, right. I like watching old stuff anyway. Yes, yeah, so I, I, I watch it. I'm starting to watch a lot of old fucking shitty movies and B grade movies that I've right. never even heard of that I'm just having so much fun watching. I mean, I love watching old stuff. You know me. I go to my film noir. And, it was oh, um, there, there was one I was watching the other night, which I didn't get a chance to finish. Um, I think it was called. Um, I think it was called like the Iron Legion or something. I, I, I look up the name. Right, mm. this is the premise of the movie. It's another <laughs> terrible, like low, low grade movie. But athletes, high, you know, athletes yeah. are being kidnapped from around America mm-hmm. and taken to the middle of nowhere to an underground fight arena Love where they fight to the, where they trained like gladiators to fight to the death for like betting and people come and all that sort of stuff and all that like and i'm like like see that's the shit i'm just enjoying it's terrible it's bad acting yeah you know it's it's cheap but it's interesting ideas that i'm like yeah you know what i mean where i go that sounds like a novel idea you know mm. like these people are going around they're picking really top athletes you know they're kidnapping <laughs> them sort of drugging them and then they b- basically keep them in a jail and force them to fight. Yeah. Right. In, you know, to the death. And I'm like, it's just an interesting uh, concept that I, and that's why I like movies from back in the 80s and the 90s. Like, if someone had an idea, they just try to get funding, they just try to make the movie. Do you yeah. know what I mean? Like, yeah. and, and they were a bit more experimental. In I like the vigilante movies was. from around then, back then and stuff. Like, I enjoy that kind mm. of stuff. Like, they used to do a lot of cool vigilante stuff and all that. Like, I, I dig that era, man, as well. I, I like that era. I think it was because they could make certain things on a shoestring and you could still make money from it. It was still commercially viable to, to mm. like, the video market, I think, helped as well. Um, but it was still commercially viable to put that kind of stuff out. You, you, you're speaking of that. You know what I've been enjoying? So I've also been watching a bit of The Highlander. I think I'm up to oh, yeah, episode man. 10 now. Highlander fucking no, watch No, no, no. But I love watching an episode and then I go, oh, I know that guy from some shitty, you know, yeah, uh, yeah. previous TV show or, or B movie or whatever. Like um, the one where he goes up against like the three hillbillies. Oh, yeah. Um, yeah, yeah whatever. Yeah, yeah. And I think that's, uh, what's his name? Um, Mark Singer. Right. 
who okay. was from the VTV show. You remember? You remember yeah, the I do remember the VTV show. show. Yes, he was from that. But he was also in the Beastmaster, you know, okay. B grade fantasy movies. Yeah. And I'm, I love I love spotting people. Like the first villain in the very first episode is the guy from Night Court, the the bailiff. Right. Okay. Wow. And I love sitting there and watching these old shows and going, I know that guy. I recognize that guy. I know that guy. Oh my god! So that's been a lot. When of you're watching old stuff, I, I get IMDb out a lot. You know. Yeah. <laughs> I try and guess first where I know them from before I get on. I don't guess. Movie. I've got no idea. I like you know. I, I I also love projecting. I go, wow, this person is so good. I wonder what they then did, and you know, et cetera, et cetera. Um, there was a guy. If you remember the movie Get Shorty, I think mm-hmm. his name's like Delroy Lindy or something, and he's a black guy. He was in Get Shorty. Uh, he was one of the I think heavies. Um, he's a real cool customer. He was in an episode of a Man Called Hawk. Um, excellent, excellent actor, and you will. He's the kind of guy you would know. I'll give you his name. I want to say it's Delroy Lindy. Um, black, big black guy, like probably about fifty and get shorty. Um, he's the kind of guy you would know. He was. Oh yeah, yeah. I know. I know the guy that you're talking about. Bald guy with like a bit yes. of a goatee. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, that's him. Uh, and he is so good. Yeah, Delroy Lindo is his name. He is so good at the man called Hawk episode as well. He's in a lot of he's things. In, yeah, he is, yeah. He's in a ton. I looked in IMDb and I was like, man, this guy is in, he's in so many good things. You know what I mean? Like he is just mm-hmm. he's just wall to wall. Stuff like that. He he's a more famous example of what you're talking about. Like he's a guy who actually went on and did major things. You know, he's not shit, but you when he when he turns up, you're like, man, I know this guy. You know, like I know this guy yeah, well. Yeah. Um, no, I, I dig that, man. I, I look, I'm, I'm totally guilty of going down the old rabbit hole of all the old shows and movies because, I mean, frankly, there's so many of them that you can kind of pick and choose, mm. and you don't have well, to rely on what's being pumped out right now from Hollywood. But as I said, what I also like about watching old stuff is because there's sometimes there's people that you don't notice the first time because maybe they, that's the first time you've seen them in something. Mm-hmm. And then later you'll recognize them because you've maybe seen them in maybe more stuff where you go, where have I seen that guy from recently or, or that chick? Yeah. Like I watched the, I rewatched the original Highlander movie after we were talking about it. Right film. And the third last immortal, the black guy, mm. uh, who is, he's, he, they get down to the final three and then uh, Kurgan like kills the black guy. He's actually in Star Wars Phantom Menace as the royal, he's the captain of the royal guard. Right. For Amidala. And, mm-hmm. you know, I'm watching, I'm going, I know that guy. Where do I know that guy from? Why is his face so familiar? And it's because he's in that. But again, I, that I saw after that movie. So I didn't, you know, you never make the connection until you go back and watch a movie where you've maybe don't realize that that person's been in that movie. So yeah. I love that. I get a lot of shit. Uh, I get a lot of uh, kicks out we, of We've uh, got to have you on. If Dion keeps up his slack schedule, we've got to have you back on Cinema of Doom Rich. To do, you, you, maybe you you can pick a film, and you know we can Ooh. we can have you on for that because Dion and I are planning this uh, episode of Boondock Saints, but um I you know it's as Ooh. always you know um, taking its time. Have you not done that? I, I feel like you've been no, saying that for like we, the last year. Blame Dion if you want to blame someone. Blame Dion, but uh, please, but take you, you. I will not stop you in blaming Dion. Um. <laughs> uh. Yeah. No. That's that's fine. Yeah. That little guy is definitely guilty on that score, and he knows it. Um. But yeah, if you want to come on and pick pick an old classic from something that you want to do, I'll happily do it with you, Rich. I'd be be my be my honor. You know, give you the give you the key to the Corvette, and you can really. 
Enjoy yourself. Now, um, Tim Burton has some words for Warner Brothers after his Batman films with Michael Keaton. He said, you complain about me, I'm too weird, I'm too dark, and then you put nipples on the costume, go fuck yourself. That was, it was Tim Burton commenting to Warner Brothers, apparently. He was quoted as saying that to them. Um, he has a point. Uh, like, you know, his movies were huge hits, uh, and Joel Schumacher took it in a very different direction. And it was a Joel Schumacher very much guided by the marketing department when it came to Batman and Robin, at least. And I think Batman Forever also, to a lesser extent, is still guilty of the same crimes. Uh, not the nipples, though. No. The nipples were only from the fourth movie. Yeah, but you could see the way it was headed. You know, if you go back and look at it, you can see for, you can see in Batman Forever the seeds that came to fruition well, in Batman and Robin. The issue I f- I do agree. Well, sorry, I, I agree that um, uh, he's telling the truth though when he says they uh, he's too dark, right? Because mm. he was doing his own thing. Mm. He was going for a very um, uh, noir like sort of. Always Darker, gothic, yeah. gothic, you know, sort of interpretation of Batman. And I think for some reason, Joel Schumacher wanted to go more Adam West. Yeah. Which was a mistake, you know I mean? which was a big mistake, you know. Oh, I think so. I think so. That, like um, That wasn't reading the room at the time. That was that was not reading what people wanted from Batman in 1997 or six. But again, the problem is, is I feel like Tim Burton was making movies for everyone. Mm-hmm. And Warner Brothers, I think, wanted to focus because they were like, no, it's Batman. We've got to focus on the kids. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? I think we need to make it colorful and we need to, you know, um, a bit more like a a quote-unquote comic book, you know, uh, because, um, yes, Tim Burton is too dark. But, again, as you say, that was the wrong and ha- they've certainly reversed that direction now. They've certainly learned their lesson. Like when they rebooted it with Batman Begins, that set the tone for how Warner Brothers view Batman in films. You know, no, like, no, they stuck in it and they can't get them. I can't get them out. It's terrible. Well, I don't want them to get them out. I, uh, you know, I, I could do with a with a faster paced Batman, but I still want him. No, dark, I bitch. don't. I don't want. Uh, I don't want Tim. Uh, I don't want um, uh, Adam West Batman, but. I would just like Batman to feel like he, you know, maybe exists in a in a in a realm where mm. um, uh, he's not necessarily governed by the laws of physics. Sure, you know, it doesn't have to be too real. Mm. You know, again, that's what I said. One thing I loved um, about Zack Snyder's Batman is that he felt like the Batman from the cartoon shows, yeah, where he'd be swinging. With his grapple, you know what I mean? Mm. And and again, you look at it and you go, there's no fucking way he could do that. That's not physically possible. Yeah. Way, But it doesn't matter because it's a fantasy world. It's a comic yeah. book world. Yeah. He doesn't, he doesn't have to solely exist in the, oh, it must be grounded in reality shit. It's like, no, have a bit of fun with it. Break the rules a little bit, you know. Don't, you can keep the, most of your foot in the real, you know, real realm, but you can break it a little bit. You can... Mm. you know, push the boundaries and just make it a little bit more fantastical. I totally agree. I mean, it, yeah, it's the classic thing where Batman just leaps off a building with the grappling hook. You, you don't actually want episodes devoted to worrying about where that grappling hook's going. Yeah, like, yeah. I want the Batman from the Taz. I want the Batman from the Justice League cartoon. I want that Batman who's doing these phenomenal things, mm. the way he fights and, you know, and... and disappears like i just want a bit of that comic book element in in batman man i just don't want it so bloody realistic yeah i mean remember that ridiculous scene 
in the Batman, where he like plunges himself off the building in sort of like the glider. I don't know how to describe it, but it's so stupid. Yeah, like he pulls a cord and it turns <sighs> into like one of those like you know uh, uh, glide suits. That, yeah, you know people use for like base jumping and all that sort of stuff. And I'm idiots. just like, oh, that's so stupid. Like the idiots do that basically. Just use guys, the cape. It doesn't matter that it's not real. Guys that want to kill themselves do that in real life. Like, um, yeah. And anyway, so uh, we've got some news on Deadpool three. The writers. Reet Resse and Paul Wernick have assured fans that the Merc with a Mouth's MCU debut will not be disnified as they're proceeding with an R-rated script. Let's hope it stays R-rated, frankly. You know, um, I don't know why people didn't think why I don't know why people thought it wouldn't be R-rated. Well, because it's Disney, you know. Yeah, basically. but it's still technically it's yeah, but it's been part of the Fox property, so yeah. But it's like, just Disney being scared know. of our ratings, you know. They haven't done a oh, writing since I mean, the 80s. I mean, Disney literally own uh, aliens and yeah, shit. True. I don't, I don't, you know, Disney can't go, oh, we've bought all this shit, but we're not going to make R-rated movies. That's I agree. Silly. I tend to agree. Um, but anyway, we'll, we'll have to wait and see. I'm looking forward to it. Hopefully it gets moving. Uh, Sony re-released Morbius uh, <laughs> as the memes broke up about, like, the Morbin away and all that stuff. Um yeah, but uh, sadly, they did not translate into box office numbers, and the movie only made eighty five grand at the cinemas when it got re released, uh, which is hilarious that <laughs> they re released this film based on memes, and then like no one turned up for this shit movie. Like it's like well, it, uh, uh, the, the, that's that's the uh, the people not knowing. I don't think understanding the meme. Yeah, um, I thought they were like, oh, they probably thought, oh shit, you know what? We maybe we released the movie too early, or <laughs> it's getting eat. this. It's getting this extra buzz quickly. Get it back out there, and this has actually cost them more money now because it, it would have cost more money to put it out. Yeah, of course it has. Like um, eighty-five grand. Of course, it's going to cost them more money to fucking roll this thing out yeah, again. So yeah, whoever they got tricked by the meme. So this is why it's very important to learn what memes are. Yeah, and understand what the meme actually means it feels like you. grandpa was like managing the social media and he's like we got a That's hit on kind our of hands. what it feels like yeah <laughs> we got a hit on our hands the people like, for god's sake people were saying it's morbid time like <laughs> like he was a morphine power ranger like come on man like I, can't, I don't know how more obvious it can be i just love it i just i love it when people do this it never works it they when they do this stuff it never works like there's social media of something going viral and then they try to release the original you know, uh, like, uh, especially a movie like this, which basically, you know, it failed. Like, it certainly wasn't a hit. And it, it might have crawled back its budget, but barely. But um, it was never going to be a gigantic hit based off these memes. That was a pure fantasy from whoever fucking dreamt that up. It's embarrassing. Yeah, memes, memes are powerful, man. Yeah. Um, Jamie Foxx combines vampire hunting with John Wick fights in first day shift footage. I mean, seriously... He is really infringing on Wesley's uh, domain here with Blade. Um, the first uh, look of some action and stunt work in Day Shift, a John Wick-inspired uh, film starring Jamie Foxx as a vampire hunter. I mean, I'm down for it. I think it sounds awesome. But they really are cribbing. They are cribbing from Blade like you wouldn't believe. Would you agree, Rich? Why? Because it's a, a black guy? Black guy, vampire hunter, doing action moves, like, you know, karate kicks so and what, stuff. So what, there can only be one? Well, I'm, I'm just saying. They're, they're, they're very consciously, I think, trying to milk the same territory very, very consciously. There's nothing wrong with that. I mean, people have milked the... Um, 
I mean, I, I like vampire it. Vampire Hunter trope for like... But even Day Shift and Day Walker and all that, you know what I mean? Like, it's, it is it is close, is all I'm saying. Uh, no, actually, I think there was a movie called Day Walkers already, so... Okay. I mean, that's, but that's just a vampire trope of, you know, uh, can they be out in the sunlight, can't they be out in the sunlight, all that sort mm. of crap in some case. I mean, that's old... You know, that's that's not exactly even like unique to Blade. I want to see this film, basically, Rich. I'm, I'm not. I don't it mean to be. Fine. If hey, if it's John Wick um, shooting vampires, I don't have a problem there. I, well, let's have a look to see what the release date is. So Jamie Fox, Jamie Fox, what was he last in? He was in Spider Man. Uh, Jamie Fox, what's it called? Day Shift. Okay. The last last thing I saw him in before Spider Man was Baby Driver. Okay, August 12, 2022, so it's not that far away. R-rated film, action, comedy, fantasy. Um, I'm looking forward to it. Yeah, I mean, I like Jamie Foxx in general. I'm, I've always been a Jamie Foxx guy. He's a blue, hard-working, blue-collar dad who just wants to provide a life for his quick-witted daughter. But his mundane... Oh, I've got to click on here. But basically, his life gets upturned by discovering vampires. And, yeah, um, it's not exactly Blade. <laughs> no, I guess not. Yeah, hey, look, I mean, I'm I'm looking forward to it. I, I'm I'm down for it. Like, I, I think it could be good. Are you, as long as long as the vampires are actually like scary and monsters, I'm down. Yeah, you don't want sort of sparkly. You don't want sexy vampires. Sexy please. sparkly vampires. You probably did not like Interview with a Vampire, did you? I did not. Yeah, that's where it all started, Rich. That was all the that was the romanticization of the vampires. You know, not really. It started with Dracula, mate. Yeah, I suppose. Well, vampires started with Dracula, but I'm talking about the... No, 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 no. Vampires started with Nosferatu, who was deformed and ugly and sure. monstrous looking. The the sexualization the, of vampires are sexy started yeah. with Dracula. Yeah, but Bram Stoker's Dracula is before Nosferatu, the film. Bram Stoker's Dracula was, was the original vampire. You know. No, but what I'm saying is that I think vampires were originally monsters. Yeah. Which is what the Nosferatu, not the film, but just Nosferatu itself is based on. Right. And I think that, yeah, the Bram Stokers and the Dracula. But didn't Bram, myth, did Bram Stoker, he created the myth of vampires, right? It wasn't vampires. No, vampires have been around since. Really? I'm pretty sure they've been around before. I mean. Vampires. I I, I mean, obviously in mythology, probably. like in that now, but were there vampires in real mythology? Vampires. Origin of. I thought it all started with Bram Stoker. I thought that was the original. I thought that I thought he was the creator of vampires. Am I wrong? Um, Maybe there were vampires. No, it's folklore. Vampires are folklore, man. They've been are around they? for okay. hundreds oh. and hundreds of years, especially in like uh, Eastern Europe. That's where like Vlad, you know, right. uh, a lot of that is based on the old mythology. It's um, yeah, but I I get that. But I thought he start he was the one who created all that. No, 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 no. He he probably oh, really he probably popularized it in terms of like really you know, uh, fiction and and. I thought he was the original guy. Certainly, Nosferatu the film is well after Bram Stoker's Dracula, the the novel. Were there uh, uh, again? Vampires have been around since the late seventeenth, eighteenth. Have vampires? Century? Have vampires? Who created vampires? I'm going to put that in. Who created vampires? Who created vampires? I think it's Bram Stoker, man. I think you're wrong. It's not. I'm pretty sure I'm correct. Okay. All right. Well, unfortunately, what I'm getting is like um, 
No, it's got hearing. Yeah, it could be right. A creature from folklore. All right, so you, so you, they, that makes sense. That that's actually cool. My monster from his slab began to rise, and suddenly, to my surprise, he did the mash. He did the monster mash. The monster mash. It was a graveyard smash. He did the mash. It caught on in a flash. He did the mash. He did the monster mash. From my laboratory in the castle east to the master bedroom where the vampires feast. The ghouls all came from their humble abode to get a jolt from my electrode. They did the mash. They did the monster mash. The monster mash. It was a graveyard smash. They did the mash. It caught on in a flag. They did the mash. They did the monster mash. The zombies were having fun. The party had just begun. The guests included Wolf. Dracula and his son. The scene was rocking, all were digging the sounds. Igor on chains, backed by his baying hounds. The coffin bangers were about to arrive with their vocal group, the Crypt Kicker Five. They played the match. They played the monster match. The monster match. It was a graveyard smash. They played the match. It got on in a flash. They played the match. They played the monster mash. Out from his coffin, Rack's voice did ring. Seemed he was troubled by just one thing. Opened the lid and shook his fist and said, Whatever happened to my Transylvania twist? It's now the mash. It's now the monster mash. The monster mash. And it's a graveyard smash. It's now the mash. It's caught on in a flash. It's now the mash. It's now the monster mash. Now everything's cool, Drax's a part of the band And my Monster Mash is the hit of the land For you, the living, this mash was meant to When you get to my door, tell them Boris sent you Then you can mash Then you can Monster Mash The Monster Mash And do my graveyard smash Then you can mash You'll catch on in a flash Then you can mash Then you can Monster Mash Alright, so here we go. Vampire is a creature from folklore that subsists by feeding on the vital essence, generally the form of blood of the living. In European folklore, Vampires are undead creatures that often visited loved ones and caused mischief or deaths in neighbourhoods they inhabited while they were alive. They wore shrouds and were often described as bloated and a ruddy or dark countenance, markedly different from today's gaunt, pale vampire, which dates from the early 19th century, which is Bram Stoker's. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, yeah. Uh, the, here we go. The charismatic and sophisticated vampire of modern fiction was born in 1819 with the publication of The Vampire by the English writer John Pillory. 
The story was highly successful and arguably the most influential vampire work of the early 19th century. Bram Stoker's 1897 Dracula is remembered as the quintessential vampire novel and provided the basis for the modern vampire legend. Uh, blah, blah, blah. Um, okay, so, yeah. So, in, in essence, though, that they've been around. Wow, so they could be real. All right, cool. That, that's what I... I was always like, well, vampires can't be real because Bram Stoker created them. But they're actually there's they're, they're actually in myth and stuff. Do you believe yeah. that they're real? No. no. <laughs> Don't they say that it could have been things like AIDS and stuff, like back in the day, that a lot of diseases that we 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 know a lot more about now, things that people thought were vampiric and stuff, could just people have been suffering from rare blood diseases and stuff? You know, uh, I don't know. That's, I mean, the problem with the problem with the past, especially like that, you know, far back, is, um, you know, it's 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 superstition, it's lies, yeah, it's um, lack of education. Oh, that's you know, what I'm saying. That's uh, what I'm saying. People didn't know what it was, and so they're calling it vampires. No, but I mean, so what I'm saying is that like someone could have committed a murder <laughs> and spun a fucking story about like. <laughs> What killed the person or something? Like I'm just saying, like I don't know. Like there's just so much that could probably go into making a story like viral, yeah, so to speak, in terms of like how it, like um, you know, like like I like I give an example. Um, uh, you know, in, in South Africa, everyone believed that um, uh, Rodriguez like um, set himself on fire, the singer, on yeah, yeah, on stage. Mm-hmm. Because this was pre-internet, but someone started that rumor, and everyone thought that that you know it just became fact. Mm. Everyone thought, oh yeah, Rodriguez, he basically uh, doing a doing a concert or you know a live performance, he set himself on fire, and oh that's how he died, and da 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 da. And then years and years and years later, a documentary crew from South Africa go and you know they do the searching for Sugarman documentary where they mm. go looking for this guy who was a massive hit in you know australia and south africa and all that sort of stuff um but not in america and blah blah mm. blah. but my point is like you know what i mean it just takes one yeah, yeah, yeah. application one story for something to become fact it's like the paul is dead myth from the beatles kind of thing it just caught on and, yeah 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 you know as i said it could have been someone covering up a crime or but, but richard that's what know. i was saying earlier any like we myths of jesus myths, myths, myths of thing. jesus could be the same you know, like myths of vampires, myths of werewolves, they generally all come from somewhere, but that doesn't say they're true. But there's usually I, an origin I, I point. Agree. Yeah. yeah. But so, do you believe that there are undead walking this world or have walked this world? No. <laughs> See, I do. You know, I do, of course. <laughs> it's like that time where I said, I don't think there are green men on Mars, and then I admitted, I do. <laughs> well, okay, I, okay, so, but here, okay. Here's the um, <clears throat> sorry, like here's the issue I have with people. They're like, oh, I believe this stuff is real and all that, right? And no, no offense, but sure. like we have such extensive historical knowledge oh. of things from like so far back, things that we can like prove and 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 date and all that, but yet we can't do that with all these myths. Do you know what I mean? Like. These you know vampires and I just feel like today's oh, science but but like and... only to a certain point like we 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 don't have massive amounts of um what do you call them like of ancient cities and stuff we don't have huge amounts of remains 
that you, you no, know. No, 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 but, but, but that's my point, Dave. We're not even talking about ancient. Mm. Like, we have knowledge and information, not fully, but even of like thousands of years ago. Yeah. But yet, we can't prove, even prove or find evidence for things from 200, 300 years ago. Like, come on. Like, surely we would have found something by now, considering that, like, how far back we can find well, things. How different is a vampire from a normal human? Not very fucking different. Uh, I'm you know, pretty sure it's very tea. different. I mean, depending on which, with, well, again, the the vampire you're thinking of, your Dracula, your interview, those are all the fake ones. Mm. The, Hollywood. the real vampire, Hollywood. the mythology vampires probably look more like zombies. They yeah. look more like monsters. So I'm pretty sure you would find that. <laughs> yeah. But but zombies, as we popularise them now, were created by George Romaro. He was the one who created the modern zombie. Before that, zombies were very different. They were, oh, they, yeah, yeah. You know. I mean, zombies were even sometimes just people who were um, uh, made to look like they were dead. Who were Yeah, and it was like voodoo rituals and stuff, you know. Like yeah. it was – they were more like ghouls, you know. Well, zombie – the word zombie didn't exist. It, it was just classified as undead, which was the same as a vampire. Mm. Um, it's basically anything that has died and cannot di- like die or it, it, it continues in undeath. Frankly, I used to go for, for my for my information. I used to head towards the monster manual, the D and D guide. You know, <laughs> well, seriously, there's a lot of information in there if you're looking for it. Yeah, well, I mean, again, like like those, you know, in, even in D and D, where they bring like these skeletal beings, you know, they yeah, the Draco leech, the leech, technically an undead. Um, it's a massively being. an undead, like a like an evil sorcerer who knows he's going to die, barkens with dark powers, and he manages to resurrect himself as an as a leech, um, and he retains his, you know, I think it's leech. leech, whatever you have you say it, but they're very powerful wizards mm. who've. I, I don't know exactly how, but through dark spells of live beyond death. Yeah, and, well, again, yeah. like your original, if you're talking about ancient magic, your necromancers and your sort of stuff would have been, that would have been zombies. They were summoning undead. They were um, controlling, you know, uh, uh, taking something dead mm. and animating it with unlife. Does it surprise you to know that, that as... A zombie. As a teenager, I was obsessed with necromancers. <laughs> Jeez, really, Dave? I'm so shocked to find that out. And if you went to a 13-year-old me, I used to spend a lot of time reading the D&D guides and necromancers, like a lot of time. Like I was heavy into it. Like I was very devoted to my necromancer, um, you know, and uh, I had no problems with it, really. I still don't really have too many problems. It's, it's less politically correct these days because it's, you know. I mean, it doesn't surprise me. I mean, yeah. It, it is weird because, like, as I said, for me, I would always want to be either like a paladin or a knight. Yeah, of course you would. Something Jesus. like that. But again, of course, you surprise. would want to be some sort of warlock or necromancer. Or, yeah. They're you know, fun. Dark art person. They're, they're fun. I, I play a warlock in Dion's D&D now. Just it's it's yes, cool. I know you do. Eldritch Blast, uh, I don't know Eldritch what else. Blast, Eldritch Blast, Eldritch yeah, El- Blast. Eldritch Blast, Eldritch and Blast. I say I worship the Dark One, I worship the Dark One, you know, come join me, worship the Dark One, do it, or do whatever you want, I don't really care. Um, yeah, no, it's good stuff. Now, um, what about this, Rich? Is this for you? Marvel announced a release date for its upcoming I Am Groot series for Disney Plus with the release of a chilled-out poster. Uh, I Am Groot offers a first look at the Guardians of the Galaxy character assuming the most relaxed position possible for the upcoming series, which premieres August 10. 
It will be comprised of 10 original shorts, all following Baby Groot's glory days growing up and getting into trouble among the stars. Uh, is this Are you all about this, Rich? Baby Groot and his early oh, days? Sorry, I, I wasn't paying attention. Let's move on to the next. No. <laughs> I could, like, seriously, what is the show? I am Groot. I am Groot. I am Groot. Yeah. Will there be subtitles? Yeah. Um, like, will people be translating the kind of like R2-D2? But it uh, doesn't it feel like movie? that this was big five years ago? Well, that's the thing. You're not cap- yeah. That, you, you, you've, if you're trying to capitalize on Groot, you've kind of missed the boat by like a good what ten years. Yeah, like it's like a long time ago. Like when when did the first Guardians movie came out? It feels like maybe eight years ago. Yeah, it was a while ago, man. It was a while ago, and I and if you recall, I believe in the next one it was like a teenage Groot. So he was a lot less popular, but Baby Groot was really big. And if this had come out six, seven, eight years ago. I'd be thinking, yeah, but like the bloom is off the rose, you know? Yeah, it's definitely. It was eight years ago where Baby Groot was a thing. <laughs> why? Why are they thinking that like it's, it's, it's just because they're going to release this show, people are going to fall back in love with Baby Groot, you know? There's not even going to be Baby Groot when the new Guardians come out. He should be. I um, care less. Well, because so hang on. So in Guardians 2, he was Baby Groot. And was then he? in. Uh, well, you remember he was Big Groot in the first movie and he sacrificed himself. Okay, yeah, yeah. yeah. But then they grew the little baby one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And in the Avengers movies, in the Endgame movies and all that, he was teenage Groot. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, And so I don't know what he's going to be in the next Guardians movie. I don't know if he's going to be, again, adult Groot or just, you know, still teenage Groot. I don't know. My attitude is who gives a shit. Um, I just, yeah, but baby group, my point is, is you've, you've, you've missed the boat. Like, Yeah, you've massively missed the boat. You've hugely missed the boat. Like, you, you, I'm sorry, you know, fetch was a thing very briefly seven years ago, you know, and... It's it, like, it's, imagine if the Mandalorian, right, like, <laughs> had, took a, no, no, took like a, a, a three, four-year break. Yeah. And then was like, hey, we, 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 we're creating a, a Grogu, you know... Yeah. TV show, people be like, Grogu, Grogu. Oh, oh, you Baby mean that Yoda. thing I really loved like yeah. four years ago? Yeah. Like six years ago. It's back. I, I mean, I've kind of moved on. I've, yeah, I've moved know. on. The new flashy thing. Um, but they never learn, dude. They're always, they they, they just they just can't seem to get their shit together and, and pump stuff out in a timely fashion when it's actually popular. Um, you know, it takes them forever. And, and, you know, I couldn't care less about Iron Baby Groot. Um, something I do care about, Joaquin Phoenix may soon return as the Clown Prince of Crime in Joker 2. I enjoyed Joker. Now, I know you didn't like it for whatever reason. I forget what it was, but I did enjoy it, and I am looking forward to the sequel. Um, Okay. My issue with it is, right, essentially it's not a Joker movie. It's basically just like a taxi driver movie. Yeah. And I just... It's taxi not, driver light, taxi driver light, yeah. Yeah, yeah, but you know what I mean. It's in the same vein as sort of a taxi driver. So I, just, I don't feel like that. I don't. Feel, I feel like that is, as I said, like you could take Joker out of that movie and mm. it still works. Just like as I said, that my problem with the the Christopher Nolan Batman movies is you can remove Batman, put in a different character, and the movies still work. Mm. And that's my issue is that I feel like if it's a Batman movie or if it's a Joker movie, taking the main character out should be detrimental to... Pretty good performance, <laughs> though, by Joaquin Phoenix. 
I know, but I'm just, but it just doesn't feel like a Joker movie to me. It just feels like, as I said, like it just feels like one of the. I mean, it, it, it's essentially a good movie, as you say, it's a taxi driver light, mm. but it doesn't make it a good Joker movie. But what, just like again, I, I, I know people love the Thor Ragnarok, but it's not a good Thor movie. But when you say not Joker, well, he's not wacky enough for you. He's too depressed. Like, it's a very downbeat Joker. Yeah, it just, it, well, it just feels like just a regular person who's beaten by life and, sure. and reacts in a way that you would expect a, a person who snaps from reality. But aren't, aren't they, from Alan Moore's thing, always like, you're always only two bad days away from being Joker? That yes, kind of but thing. if the Joker's going to do something, <laughs> then it should be very Jokerified yeah. in what he does. It should sure. be something massively over the top that the Joker would do. Yeah. Yeah. I just feel like what he done any normal person who snapped would have done. Like you know what I mean like it's it didn't feel it didn't feel joker enough. What would you give the movie out of 10 cuz I'd give it 8.5. Again, so if you take out the joker and just make it like it's a performer or uh, an actor or you know what I mean mm. yeah, not the character who's, joker. Who snapped. Yeah, I'd probably give it maybe like a 7 maybe 8 out of 10, but again as a joker movie it's like oh my. I'll be generous and give it like a five, maybe, but I mean, sure. probably leaning more towards a four. Wow. Hardcore. Again, as a Joker movie. Something it didn't need was the death of Martha and Thomas Wayne. That was unnecessary. Yeah. That was very unnecessary. That was very unnecessary. Got to play the greatest hits, you know? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. We want the hits. Um, Nevi Campbell won't be returning for Scream 6 following a salary dispute. Uh, she says she has made the difficult decision not to reprise her role as Cindy Prescott in the series. She said basically they weren't valuing her worth to the franchise and she wasn't happy. I will say this, I think it leaves a huge hole in the Scream franchise. They should pay the girl. She's in Lincoln Lawyer right now. She's a good actress. She hits a mark well. She's huge in Scream. <laughs> losing her losing her is a big loss for the Scream franchise, I think. What do you think, Rich? Well, I mean, have they even started filming Scream 6? It's about to start filming, and she's officially backed out. She officially turned down the offer. Maybe mm. she's negotiating public, but, yeah, the, the, the Scream 5 made money. Well, I don't know. I mean, I don't know what the salary is. I don't know what they're offering, so I don't know if it was under or actually above her actual capabilities, so I don't know. But think about her and Scream. She's been a linchpin. Losing her, they lost uh, spoilers. They lost... Um, Dewey, or whatever his name is, they lost that, that guy in this in the latest one. You know, what's the guy's name? You know the actor. He he was married. Uh, to I know that she's. I know that she's. She's been the face of Scream, but I yeah. mean, Sydney Prescott, man. Sydney. Yeah, I know, but I wouldn't say like I would miss her in, in her acting. I'll miss her as a fucking gigantic Scream fan who loves it. I will fucking miss her. She, it's, 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 it's like Jamie I Lee Curtis backing out of Halloween. Then I feel for you. I just don't care enough about Scream to actually care. Scream is massive to me. You know that. I take offense to that, Rich. <laughs> well, I said I feel for you. I'm yeah. saying, you know, that's a tough it's break for you not, being a fan. Enough. But I don't, I don't care enough to care. I don't think that's enough, frankly. You know, I, I'm not going to do anything about it, but I'm not well, satisfied. Well, you know what, Dave? <laughs> I've made the difficult decision not to care. <laughs> You've turned down. You've turned down the offer to care about <laughs> Levy Campbell. Turning yeah, I'm, not down getting, I'm not getting paid enough to care about Scream Six. I'm afraid, so I'm going to have to pull out. I've made the difficult. Decision. I'm willing. I'm willing to wear a wig and play her role if needed. You know, <laughs> <laughs> if they need a stand-in to play Sydney Prescott, she's made Maybe a few from the back, Dave. Maybe yeah, from the back. Exactly. Um, 
Prey, the upcoming Predator prequel from Dan Trashenberg, will be the first film ever to get a full Comanche language dub. Because obviously it's Comanches. That I watched the trailer, actually. I really enjoyed it. Um, I watched the trailer the other day. Um, I'm looking forward to this fucking show. I know I know you're probably not, Rich, um, because you just hate everything. But <laughs> show? Prey, the Predator show versus the Comanche oh, Indians. Right. That shit show, sorry. What are you talking about, that shit show? I, I watched the trailer. I was digging it, man. What, the, that, little, that little teaser trailer for like 30 seconds, 10 seconds? No, no, it's longer than that, man. It, where they're running around in the woods and stuff. And, um, yeah, they just see them and then the beam comes on the guy yes, holding the bow and arrow. Yes. Yeah, that looks like a fan film, man. Seriously, that doesn't even look good. I was feeling it, Richard. Maybe I've just got very low standards, but I need this show, man. I need this again. I'm back to needing Predator again. It's it's been long enough on the bench for me. It's been a couple of years since that Predator movie. Been three or four years. I need more Predator. I, I'm I'm done waiting, Rich. You know what I'm saying? Fair enough. You know, come on. This is what do you, what do you think of? Could the Indians do anything? Like Arnie had, you know, technology on his side. You know, he had some explosives and they had guns and. You know, do you think that these guys are going to stand much chance, Rich? Well, I mean, technically they shouldn't because they're superstitious and probably believe in spirits and that it's some sort of god or or, or thing, so they should be too frightened. Mm. <laughs> right. But, but uh, they well, can fight. I mean, no, but I mean, you again... With Dutch and all them, they obviously were like, okay, it's some sort of camouflage. It's it's high tech, like you know what I mean. They they but you go to Native Americans. Come on, man. They they mm. they would just think it would be some sort of spirit or mm. or, or ghost, and they probably think they could do some sort of dance or medicine. Yeah, you know, uh, thing to get rid of it, and then they all get slaughtered. I don't know. It just seems. I I just don't see the point. I'm sorry. If it bleeds. We can kill it. Is that, is that what he said? Is that what it, was that his line? If it bleeds, what was his line, Rich? That's, well, that's one of his lines. Yeah, stick around. <laughs> yes, that's also a line. My favorite line is, "I don't have, uh, I don't have time to bleed." I don't have time. Which is said by Jesse Ventura. It is. Yeah. <laughs> You're bleeding, man. I ain't got time to bleed. <laughs> Ah, uh, golden days, Rich. Golden days when it comes to Predator. Back then. Yeah, but I mean, I love that movie just because not just the Predator, but just the the massive, massive machismo in it. Like, I just love the testosterone. Oh, it's great, man! It's a, it's a, it's a fucking classic. And again, all the all this high testosterone still gets like picked off one by one. That's what I think is so enjoy like funny. About yeah, it. yeah, yeah. You have all these big badasses who are like. You know, oh, I'm so tough. Oh, I'm a sexual tyrannosaurus. Like, long tall yeah. Sally. Remember long tall Sally? <laughs> yeah. And then they just get like picked off, you know. But again, I kind of feel like the predator is a bit of a cheat. Why? Um, like, I weapon. don't have a problem with him sort of hiding and taking them out one by one, but I kind of feel like the whole like turning invisible is kind of a bit of a cheat. Like, well, the ultimate know. predator, man, you know. Think about all the things they've had to fight, aliens and all sorts of shit. No, 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 no. But here's the thing. I mean, if they were just doing that because they needed to kill the humans for um, food or there was something about the humans they needed to farm, mm. fine. 
you know, you, you want every advantage, but they're kind of just doing it for sport. So I kind of feel like, well, then you're not really challenging yourself, you know, um, you know, it's not like you're tracking, hiding, sort of, you know, concealing, like, you know what I mean? It's just like, oh, I flip a switch, I turn invisible, and then I just shoot them while I'm invisible. Well, just, it's the old saying. It's not really testing yourself is what they I'm saying. They say it in this, in this Prey trailer, they say they, they uh, hunt to live, it lives to hunt. So yeah, but, you know. but my, yeah, yeah, but I get it. But it's not. You know, it's almost like they've become lazy. Mm. Like it's not really a challenge for them. That's probably why they get their ass handed to them because they get so cocky, sure. thinking, "Fucking, I don't even have to really be a hunter." I well, that that's why the aliens in aliens, visible. yeah, that's why the aliens in the xenomorphs against them is a big challenge. You know, that's a fairer challenge. You know, because because the xenomorphs are so fucking uh, dangerous. Whereas you are right, your regular human is kind of outclassed. Because don't forget, on top of the invisible thing, he's got the fucking shoulder cannon and all sorts of stuff going on. You know? Yeah, but that's what I said. I don't mind the shoulder cannon. I don't mind all the other stuff. If you, if they didn't rely on the in uh, on the invisibility so much. Yeah, but that is a big factor in what 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 made them popular. Like, if you're going to challenge yourself, okay, fair enough. You got you use invisibility, but then you only use like close quarters like. Mm. weapons like then i understand that the invisibility has been able to sneak up on them and shank them mm. but you know it's being invisible from like a fucking you know mile away and then mm. just <laughs> blast it away i just go like have I, have you challenged yourself how are you like well i guess it was like a special ops team they, they they weren't any pushovers that the special ops team they were pretty powerful yeah, but in, I don't care how special you are. I mean, if someone's got invisibility, you're kind of at a fucking disadvantage. Like you're at a disadvantage, but they're still killable. Like, don't forget, didn't Nani get him in the mud, and then you know the mud sort of made him visible from or something like that, wasn't it? No, 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 no. Uh, Arnie hid in the mud. That's right, and he, the infrared didn't pick him up. Yeah. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. that's right. That's right. That's right. That's right. Yeah, I'm remembering it now. I don't know. I just, I, I personally, I just think the predators are lazy. Hmm. Well, that's a controversial view, um, but you know we'll allow it, I guess. Uh, now, Netflix has revealed a new look at Zack Snyder's highly anticipated sci-fi film Rebel Moon, which was originally a Star Wars pitch. Um, what do you think, Zack Snyder going his own direction, Rich? Do you th- do you hold that much hope I, for this Rebel Moon? I'm sure it'll be shit. Mm. Yeah, his Army of the Dead was not exactly great, um, if I have to be honest. You know, uh, I mean, I, I personally, I don't know if Zack Snyder's actually done anything good since um, Watchmen. <laughs> I was going to say you're going to go fair way. Yeah, you, you're not going to include Batman Superman, the Ultimate Edition. No, 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 no. So I'd include that. I'd include I'd include Batman Superman versus Superman the Ultimate Edition as I thought that was watchable. Um, no, I, I'm not. That's no. That you've set in the bar way too low, man. I, it has to be good. And Watchmen was good. Three hundred was good. Yeah, yeah or good to great. Dawn of the Dead, um, excellent. Yeah, but I'm sorry, but uh, me personally, I think he's got more bad movies um, than good movies at this point now. Yeah, I mean, I definitely think that's uh, not a controversial. Just, he's thing. become he's become so he's become so overindulgent in his movies, like. Mm. He's, he's, no, he's, he's suffering from the same problem, in my opinion, that George Lucas suffered in the prequels. Mm. He needs a no man. Yeah, yeah. And he needs somebody to say, listen, you've, you've, you, you're overindulging here, okay? You're, you're sniffing your own farts. Like, mm. 
you know, you need to cut this or you need to like, you know, reduce this or whatever. Like you just need someone to like curtail him, honestly. Yeah, I know, but I do, I don't think it's going to happen, man. I think he's he's that that uh, restore the Snyderverse stuff more emboldened him more than anything else. I think you know. Oh yeah, I mean he's, he, you know, people see him as some sort of golden child. You know what I mean? Mm. Like this this being that can do no wrong, kind of like you know. Yeah, you I'd, I'd argue like, sucker punch. Oh, yeah, I'd argue sucker punch proved he can certainly do wrong. Um, back in the day. Yeah, for sure. That should have been a massive warning sign about letting him do his own thing. Yeah, yeah, no, that's where I woke up to it. Because before that, I was really in his camp in a big way, you know? And then I saw that movie, and I was like, oh, I understand now. He just can't write his own screenplays at all. <laughs> he, oh, needs, yeah, much, yeah. he needs it all written out for him. Um, yeah, not original content. It's not his strength. So GameStop faces an employee walkout uh, as meme stock soars. Did you put this in, Rich? Um, no. Basically, GameStop in the in the States, there's all these employees walking out of their stores and um, citing the fact that they're understaffed, underfunded, working for minimum wage, et cetera, et cetera. It's becoming a bit of a disaster. And the employees that are walking out are putting on the uh, windows as they walk out. They're putting up advertisements for competing you know, chains and competing stores. And uh, they're really struggling. Yeah, it's it's kind of amusing, actually. Um, you worked at a game, not GameStop, but you worked at a gaming store many, many moons ago, didn't you, Rich? Mm-hmm. Yeah. What was it like compared to, like, I know it's retail. How does it compare to what you work in now? Was it tough? Like, was it underpaid or what? Um, or did you enjoy it? I was minimum wage back in right. the day. Yeah. Um, um, kind of took a little. It did a little bit take the fun out of sort of gaming. Yeah, um, you just got tired of it. Well, the problem is, is like it's like when I worked in like a bookstore, and all you think like, oh, I'm going to work for game, you know, with games, I'm going to work with books, and all I'm going to do is stand around and talk to people who share the same. Yeah, you know, like passion all that, but you actually spend most of your days trying to explain to parents who don't understand anything. Right, yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, like, parent comes and goes, you know, well, uh, my kid likes this sort of thing. What should I get? And you're like, ah, oh, fucking hell. Like, I've got to try and explain yeah, what this is, what's it about. You know what I mean? It kind of sucked. But I did enjoy sort of being able to play whatever game I wanted. Like, we could... Um, yeah, we yeah. Could, we could take games home for review purposes. Yeah, yeah, definitely, um, yeah. Uh, I, got, I got to play a lot of games and not have to buy them, so that was... That was good. I guess that's and that's one of the perks, isn't it? Because as I say, it's they're not paying your fortune. And was it long hours, or was it you're in Australia? Was no, it just your it's standard? Typical, it's your typical nine to five, nine yeah. to five thirty. I think they're a bit more draconian over there in the states. Like it seems like they've really cut back on the staff, you know, massively. And uh, COVID's probably what's the, what's the trading times in America? That's that's do they have longer trading hours? Or they may have. I think yeah. I think so. Because some countries, they, they do have, you know, they don't just do nine to... Yeah, they do know, like 12, hour, 12 hours and stuff. Yeah, yeah they, they, they open until like nine. Yeah, which I like. I mean, yeah. I feel sorry for the retail yeah, stuff, but... You it's, know, it's, it's, yeah, great for you. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> not, for, not for the retail stuff. No, no, no. Although, you, the argument is there's more hours for people, you know, like there's more work available then, you know. Yeah, but uh, okay. Let me tell you this: one, you don't want to be working long hours, especially in retail. Mm. It's it's mind numbing and soul destroying. Right, <laughs> that's funny. Two, also, 
you don't really want to be working like say 12 till nine o'clock at night. Like sure. it's such a waste of your fucking day. Yeah. You can't do anything before and you can't really do anything afterwards. You yeah. like your whole day is just literally wasted. Just at gone. Yeah. You're doing like nine to five 30. You still got the whole evening. I used to out. do, I used to do a lot of, uh, when I worked at um, HSBC, I did a lot of 11 to late. I was single. So, but you are right. You, you're 100% right. You couldn't, I mean, you'd get up in the morning and have breakfast. You'd potter around. You'd go into work. And then by the time you finish, we can get home. It's, you know, it's 9 30, 10. You're certainly yeah. not doing anything. You are right. It kills your life. It's fine if you're single and you don't care. But um, if you've got commitments and stuff and, um, you know, want to have a social life outside of work and stuff, yeah, it sucks. Yeah. Yeah. Um, you know, I was fine. I'd just go home, have my comics, play my games. You know, fall asleep at about three, wake up, repeat. <laughs> well, <laughs> they, yeah. I was fine. Um, but, I find that mind numbing. I no, think. yeah, and yeah, yeah, you know what it is. I mean, this is a, this is a different David. This is this is like, we're, we're we're talking like twenty five years ago, man. You know what I mean? Like mm. completely different. I I couldn't do it now. Um, certainly with working from home, I do work later. Um, but it's not super intensive at a certain point. Like, I'm doing things, but, you know, I'm doing them from the comfort of my house. So when I log off, it's not late, late. You know what I mean? And um, and I'm also older, so it's not like I'm looking to go out and do shit. Um, did you watch the Sandman teaser? I think Sandman is about to about to screen, Rich. I think it might start in early August, uh, if I'm correct. Uh, no, I did miss this. Uh, I did watch the Black Adam one, but I didn't watch this. Right, one. yeah. Um, well, yeah, I mean, I, I haven't seen either, but but I'm just trying to get a release out of this. Do you think this Sandman is going to really be a massive hit, Rich? Like, do you think they're going to actually succeed? Because it's really, um, August 5 is when is it's got, first season will include either 11 or 12 episodes. It's a lot of heat on it, man, a lot of hype. Um, big shoes to fill. A lot of people... Love their Sandman, me included. Um, probably less so. I mean, every, everything, everything has the potential to do well. But what do you think? Um, Would, do you think they'll stick the landing? Because this is a beloved comic. You know, this is a... People treasure this. This is kind of Neil Gaiman's, I think, magnum opus. Um, I, I don't know. I mean, it depends. I guess it... Uh, again, I haven't seen anything, but I mean, I guess it depends on how well they adapt the source material. And mm. again, if it... If it comes from a place of um, passion and uh, and love and all that, and not just you know ticking boxes, who knows? Well, I mean, he's heavily involved. Gaiman's heavily involved in it, so we'll see. Um, I don't know. They made the controversial decision to change the death character, um, which I think was a mistake, considering how popular that death design was. Um, you know, that was one of the most popular things in the series, but. You know, it, that doesn't mean it won't work. I'm just saying they made that decision. I'm not sure that was the correct decision if I was going to be trying to have a hit. Um, now, Dan Slott uh, is leaving Fantastic Four, Rich. Um, I've not read an issue of his Fantastic Four run. And, in fact, had forgotten he's on it. It's been so... No hype has been on this book for, like, two years, uh, which is probably, a, would you say, partially why he may be given his marching orders? I mean, probably, yeah. um, but it's weird because they left him on Spider-Man for so long. 
Yeah, but that um, was Spider-Man, so I assume it was selling okay. You know, Fantastic Four, probably I mean, not the yeah, same Yeah, but I, I would imagine, maybe I'm wrong, but I, I, I would imagine there may have been a dip in his Spider-Man run, maybe. You know, maybe not not enough to sort of worry them, but I mean, um, I'd be interested to know if his Spider-Man sold as well as before he came on. It certainly didn't sell as well as um, uh, Straczynski. Uh, that's he certainly outsold him. The argument was though that all comics were selling a lot less by that. I, Slot was on Spider Man for too long. You know, I think I think for a long time his Spider Man was good, but I'd say the back third of his Spider Man run was pretty average. You know, um, pretty tired. Uh, I don't know. He's he's he. I don't mind him, but it's just there, that was a lot of Dan Slot on Spider Man. I mean, how, how bad do you have to be though if they won't even let you get to fifty? Yeah, that's interesting. Um, you would have thought if it was any good, but I, I actually think that the the heat has just gone off this Fantastic Four book. They need to get someone else on there um, to punch it up because whatever he's done, it, like whether it's good or not, it just there's been no heat on this book whatsoever. Like I follow the news, and really, honestly, you very rarely see anything about Fantastic Four comics from Dan Slott. It does not come up. His Silver Surfer run got a lot more love, you know in terms of the comic book press. Well, yeah, I mean, I don't know. Uh, Yeah, I mean, I haven't heard anything, you know, but as I said, I don't really follow the... um the current stuff too closely. Well, you should, Richard. You're on a a show. You're on Signal of Doom. A major comic book I'm talking about their storylines and (laughs) and stuff and all that. Like, I mean, no one's raving about, like... No one is. You know, um, a lot of the books at the moment, you know. Because normally... Yeah, there would be some. There would be a lot of talk or buzz around, yeah. um, maybe someone's run or a storyline or something like that. Like, you know, I'm I'm not actively looking, but I mean, I'm also not actively not looking. But yet, I'm still not really hearing like people going like, "Oh my god, the oh, storyline yeah. from so and so was, you know, so great and blah blah blah." Like, yeah, no, I've I'm heard not nothing. Hearing anything, you know, it's been crickets, dude. It's been absolute crickets when it comes to Dan Slott's Spider-Man run for about the last two to three years. James Cameron calls his Spider-Man 90s movie that he didn't make the greatest movie I never made. That was James Cameron. It's nice when you can just claim that a movie you never made is the best. It's the greatest movie he never made. Well, I guess he's he's thinking of other projects that he didn't make. So, you know, there'd be other, you know, like every director, they'd be he'd have 20 projects that Yeah, but I mean considering that like how popular the Spider-Man movies are at the moment, especially mm. like the last one, you know. Mm. Yeah, I mean, it's quite easy to say that your Spider-Man would have been the best movie you never made. I don't know. It just sounds a bit too, like... Um... Well, he's a great filmmaker, you know. I, I mean, I, I, I look at his track no, record. He was. Uh, I'll certainly say that he was a great filmmaker. Well, he's had a lo- lot of fucking hits. I don't hits, say that currently. Well, he's about to release Avatar, and apparently people are craving it. It's the... the what have you are they? It? Well... Are they? Apparently the trailer uh, was like the, one of the most watched trailers of all time and all this, and people were really responding to it. So they're starting to think there is a big appetite for the Avatar sequel. I agree. It's been a long time. That, that, that sounds like spin to me, but okay. We'll, we'll see. No, I think he's a great filmmaker. Um, I think his Spider-Man would have been amazing to watch. I, I wish he'd done it, but he didn't do it. He was attached to it for years. Like I, I remember in the 90s, like they were constantly talking about Leonardo DiCaprio playing Spider-Man and this and that happening, and none of it panned out. Um, now, we covered J.J. Abrams last episode, 
where DC Warner specifically president was getting grumpy with JJ for his lack of product when it came to the DC properties that he's got his little greedy fingers on. He has a show, I want to pronounce it correctly, Dem Imon Mode. Dem Imon Mode. Demo mode? I don't know how to pronounce it. But anyway, they're not going ahead with the show, so who gives a shit? Apparently, they'd spent $200 million on it, Richard, um, on this sci-fi HBO drama. And they're, they're not... In comparison, HBO's Game of Thrones prequel series uh, is coming in at less than $200 million, And his was overspending, and they've pulled the plug on it. They've, they've, we've, we've burnt enough money on this. So that's crazy, isn't it? That, like, you... You spend that much money on a project, and then it doesn't even make, doesn't even make a, you know, it doesn't even make the screen. Just goes to show the the level of cash being spent. That is shockingly terrible. Yeah, it is. It is bad. I mean, when you think about it, though, like think about like a major motion picture. You know, think about your Avengers Endgame or something. I mean, these movies probably cost like three hundred million easy to make, if not more. Think how much Avatar has cost to make the sequel. He's been making it for years. It's probably, it's probably cost him close to a billion dollars, you know, um, on the studio. Like, it would have cost... If you, if you tallied up all the costs of the Avatar sequel, it would be so much, you know? And so then you look at this, JJ's in a shitty fucking sci-fi series, 200 million, well, it's around the cost of, you know... A mainstream, less than many of the movies would, would be made. So when you think of it that way, it's not as bad, but it blows my mind that they can't salvage like an episode to make like a telly movie or something from it, you know? By the way, I was just looking up. Uh, mm. James Cameron has not directed a movie since 2009. It was Avatar. Which was the last Avatar. He's not actually directed. I, I'm aware movie. of that, yeah. He's been making Avatar 2 ever since. Mm. So we don't know if currently if he's still a good filmmaker. Well, I go on his track record, Richard, and I go on his last film was Avatar, which is the highest grossing movie of all time. You which know? is not a great movie, I'm sorry. Oh, but it's very visually impressive. And then you look yeah, at his movie, visually impressive. Titanic, I mean, True Lies, Terminator. But you know, you know what? The technology was fantastic in the prequel Star Wars movies, but that doesn't mean the Star Wars movies were the best Well, what about Terminator? Terminator 2 Judgment Day. True lies. How how far back are you going to go for? Well, true lies. Avatar, like you know, we, true James Cameron. man. Well, Avatar's two thousand nine. Like you know, Titanic. Like this guy, everything he's turned his whole career, Titanic he's ch- he's turned to gold. Everything this guy's touched, he's turned to gold. You know that. You know that's a fact with James Cameron. He's he's obsessed with technology, and that's what he's been spending all his time on with Avatar. I'm looking forward to it. I actually think it's going to be cool. Um, you know, he he's produced some stuff like that 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 Alita Battle Angel movie. I quite enjoyed that. No, he's written and stuff and all that, but yeah. I mean, and, and he's produced. But I'm just saying, as a director, he's he's pretty. I would say pretty rusty. Oh, dude, I think he's been working though. That's it's not like he's been just sitting at home doing nothing. He's been working on Avatar for over a decade. He has the Avatar sequel. He has been because don't forget, it's not just one movie he's making. He's he's making three movies at once. You know, I, I I think they're going to land like a... a I will a take... Okay, cut, let's, let's put a lunch on it right now. Like the, the first sequel will, will take over a billion dollars worldwide. Do you want to put a lunch on it right now? Sure. It won't right. make over a billion dollars. It will make over a billion dollars worldwide. Um, Adam, the computer, put a note on the fridge. 
Richard doesn't think the Avatar sequel will make over a billion. It will, Rich. You'll be you'll be buying me lunch. I'm looking forward to it as not well. Not only will it not make over a billion, <laughs> I, it will be a terrible movie. Uh, f- fuck that. Th- that's subjective. I'm talking about numbers. I'm not going to listen to your subjective opinion where you're just going to go and how say it's a this? shit movie. No, no, how about this? <laughs> if, it, if it gets reviewed poorly, then I'm right. How's that? No. Yeah, it's a billion dollars. The lunch is a billion dollars. No, no. I'm saying not only <laughs> will it not make a billion dollars, <laughs> yeah. it will also be a bad movie where people <laughs> go, it's pretty mediocre, it's not so good, it will literally have a low score is what well, I'm saying. Well, I don't care. Like, if it doesn't make a billion, I'm buying you lunch. If it makes over a billion, you're buying me lunch. That's the sure. that's the bad. This bullshit about whether it's a bad movie or not, that's subjective. No, I'm adding that on, and okay. it's not subjective. A it is subjective. Bad movie. It's not subjective. What if the no? I movie. want this very clear. The movie, the movie makes one point five billion, but people are carping about it not being good. I still win the bet. Do you agree? No, of course, of course. Okay. Well, then but fine. I'm telling oh, you now you. that it both will not go your way. Is what I'm trying to tell. Uh, well, you can you know you can roll those dice, uh, but you know I'm not getting involved in that argument. Um, yeah, I look, Rich. You've misread the market, my friend. You've misread the market. You've misread the hunger. This movie, I don't think I. I don't think I have. I think he's misread the hunger. This movie's going to make a lot of fucking money. Can we take into account if it goes to HBO Max? Can we take into account? No, no. <laughs> <laughs> Trying to hedge my bets there, Rich. Just. Uh, God, don't sound like you're very confident all of a sudden there. Uh, well, maybe. yeah. Well, I got my got my concerns. I'll say that much. Did we cover the Black Adam trailer? We watched it just before the show. Have we talk, spoken about this on the? We have not covered it. No. All right. Well, to wrap up news this week, we watched the Black Adam trailer. I actually liked it. I thought it looked cool. Um, one part I didn't like was the comedic part where the guy hit the rock with, I don't know what it was, a spanner or something, and it bounced off his head. I thought that was stupid, that part. And then he hit him into the air. He hit him into the air. I didn't like that part. That's not what, But I liked the stuff where he looked like he was in sort of like an experiment or something and um, in kind of a glass tube. And I, I, I actually thought it looked pretty cool. I pretty watchable I, I, I thought it looked pretty cheap i thought it looked very marvel movies it looked very marvel-esque i feel like that if i felt like they were trying to emulate marvel on a cheaper budget really but how, how cheap would this movie be I, I don't think it'd be that cheap i think they put money behind i didn't say i didn't say they didn't spend money i said it looked like they did spend gotcha money. yeah 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 it did have a bit of yeah it had that bit of that rinky ding feel but I'm I'm looking forward to it. I th- I'm hoping The Rock can do something cool with this. Uh, now, what did you think of Hawkman? I, I still don't even think he's the right person for this role, honestly. Yeah, well, you know, we're stuck with him. I mean, The Rock's been hyping this movie for five years. Um, I do hear you, though, when you say that. What did you think of Hawkman? Because I thought he looked a little odd, like with, with his suit. Did Oh, that's right. Hawkman was in it. Sorry. it's, it's Yeah, remember? It was, it was such a... Uh, lackluster um, <laughs> showing in the trailer that I actually forgot that he was in it. Yeah. You weren't happy? I mean, I don't know. Like, as I said, I don't know. I mean, I don't, I don't still understand the point of this movie. So I'm just trying to figure out the point of it. It's just that they've got The Rock and he's, he had this character, which, which originally was going to be, you know, more of a Shazam thing. And then it's just, it's just, um, Really, you know, blow. He, you know, he he's blowing up, and uh, his role, which probably was quite minor, became a linchpin. Especially as the other DC movies kind of floundered, they always had the yeah, rock in their I mean, back pocket. 
But I don't even know if the people actually working on this actually even understand the character as well, because I mean, he, they seem to be changing the lore a little bit. Mm. So this one, he's like, I was a slave, and yeah. then I was, then I died, yes, and then I got the power, and I was like, well, that's that's not how Black Adam's you know origin is. He, yes, he was a slave, mm. and the wizard came to him and gave him the power mm. to be the hero. But he was corrupted by the power. Yeah. And and sort of became like a dictator. So I'm like, I don't know what angle they're going with. Can, can I ask a question? And I'm no Black Adam expert. Like What I know is his appearances in more modern stuff where they've tried to make him slightly more of an anti-hero, you know, since like 52 and stuff. Um, back in the day, like back in the day day, was he a flat out baddie in all the Shazam stuff and everything? Was he like the full on baddie? Yes. Yeah, that's what I that's what I thought. I just I just wanted to. Oh no, he was that, a yeah. pure absolute. Like if you're talking about like original Black Adam, yeah, yeah, Adam, like yeah, man, he was completely evil. Like right, so it's more um, of a recent thing, like Jeff Johns and all that. Well, uh, you know, yeah. So what they did was he was basically just a villain, uh, you know, corrupted by the power, and he was yeah. a villain and wanted to destroy everything, all that sort of shit. And then yes, uh, years later they gave him a bit of more nuance, um, you know. Uh, Yes, he sort of like uh, he rules with an iron fist, but he believes everything he's doing is for the benefit of the protection of his people mm. of Condark and all that sort of stuff. So you know they kind of made him into a Magneto. Yeah, yeah, that's what I thought, uh, and that's character. more like and, a, and the, now currently yeah. he's a hero. But that's like, more like in the early two thousands, isn't it? Like yeah, 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 yeah. But but they've been quite successful with that in the comics, haven't they? Like he's he's kind of had a new lease on life, it seems. Yeah, he's because well, yeah. Once they gave him a, a bit more of that nuance, mm. um, and and sort of turned him into not necessarily well. Again, in, in Magneto, where in his eyes he's the hero. Yes, and, I mean technically to the people of Kondark, he is a hero, but to the rest of the world, he's like a villain or he's a despot yeah. or he's a murderer and all that sort of stuff. Mm. Um, That's what they say about yeah, me. He, he, That's he, what he, they say he, about me, Rich. So you know, I don't take it a little personally. <laughs> Okay. <laughs> a despot. You know, when they say I'm a despot. Well, I, I'm not online, so I don't see anyone saying that about you, Dan, so I'll take your word for it. <laughs> they call me a No, I'm called a despot quite quite regularly. I don't let it concern me, though. I mean, yeah, I rule with an iron fist, but you all know that. I do rule, they, rule do they call you a dick? <laughs> there are some out there, Richard, who, uh, who have dared... But, you know, as I always say, who's my favourite, uh, you know, person in history? We all know it, Julius Caesar. And you've got to rule with an iron fist. And I've said it before to Ray, uh, peace with a sword. You know? Peace with a sword, my friend. That's the only way to rule. That's the only way to rule. Homer said that too. <laughs> Homer Simpson or Homer? Yeah. All right. Did Remember when he was on the submarine <laughs> and the guy says... Um... <laughs> How do you how do you get peace? Uh, but he thought he meant peas, and he said with a knife. And he goes, "Yes, sometimes to achieve peace, you must use the knife." And I was like, oh, "Look, that's Dave's philosophy right there." Yeah, it is. It is definitely. Um, we're getting off, but 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 yeah. So basically, back in the olden school, but but even through the like the seventies and eighties and all that, was he still just a down now baddie, or had they started to rehabilitate him by the eighties? Um, no, no, no. It was later than that. Um, probably maybe late 90s, yeah. Okay. Um, uh, because even in like the 90s, 
in the um, uh, Power of Shazam, mm. that book that was that was going uh, Jerry Ordway, pretty much just a villain. Yeah, mm. um, a little bit more nuanced than before, but mm. not quite as nuanced as. Um, I remember in '52 they made an effort to sort of give him a bit more well, sort of. Fifty-two is basically where he turned that corner to almost being a, a hero. Yeah, like Magneto, where he is a hero, but he's just he's not the he's not quote unquote like the hero, like the good guys are the hero. He's yeah, like, like he'll kill and stuff. Like, um, but yeah. but in, I liked it in this trailer where they where the guy says heroes don't kill, and, and Rock's like, I do. <laughs> I was yeah, like, yeah, pretty much so. Yeah, I don't know. I'm look. I'm I'm semi looking forward to this film. Uh, you Can know, I just say something like since we're on it, right? And mm. I've never understood this. Is mm. I do not understand why. Okay, now I get it, right? Marvel have got Captain Marvel, mm. and obviously Shazam used to be Captain Marvel, mm. but I don't understand why they didn't just call his book the Mighty Marvel, and then everyone in the book just call him Marvel, because Who? there isn't a character like Captain Marvel, Shazam. Right. Instead of calling him Shazam, they should have just called him Marvel and called his book The Mighty Marvel. Oh, well, I think they were trying to get away from the trademark dispute. That they were yeah, you, can, you can't trademark Mar like Marvel. Yes, you can't call him Captain Marvel. Mm. But in the you could call the book The Mighty Marvel, which, by the way, that's the title of a book. You're, you're allowed to do that. Mm. And then you could just have the characters in the, in the books just call him, Hey, Marvel. Yeah, but I think they were trying to get away from the whole Marvel thing. I still think it's stupid because again, Captain Marvel's got brand power. The the that that character for so many years has got the oh yeah. I mean, I do. I've, I've Marvel's associated with him, and you. I feel like you kind of gave that. Oh, to Marvel, how many times it? on the signal have I mentioned the brainwashing that DC have tried to perform over the last you know twelve years, where they've tried to make everyone forget that Shazam's name was actually Captain Marvel? Like they've successfully done it too. Yeah, but, Shazam is such a terrible name, honestly. Yeah, but like I will say this about about DC, they have stuck to their guns on this, and it has been reasonably successful. But yeah, it's, it's annoying because it, it's relatively a recent thing, and they've really brainwashed people. They've really, I mean, it goes just it, this. It's a classic example. Brainwashing does exist in corporate culture, and this is a great example of it. But it was all to get away from the trademark dispute with um with Marvel. I think they were just tired of fighting that war. You know? Yeah, but again, that was for the, the trademark of Captain Marvel. I still think they could have got away with calling the Captain Yeah, but I think Marvel. they were trying to get away from just Marvel itself, you know? Yeah, again, I think it's just so silly because if people search Marvel, then they'll find your character too. <laughs> yeah, that's true. That's true. But, yeah, I mean, whatever, man. We're, 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 he's not even in this, is he? Captain Marvel, hilariously, is not in the Shazam no, movie. No, well, I mean, apparently... Well, this, not in the place, movie. this is a prequel already. It takes place... Well, not a prequel, it? but it takes place before... Well, it's supposed to be set in an earlier time period, like maybe the 60s, the 70s? Or oh, is 80s? it really? I did not know that. Okay. Right. I think it's supposed to be. Right. Okay. I just didn't know that. Yeah, okay. Well, I mean, yeah, let's see what happens. I mean, I'm looking forward to it. Um, but yeah. this is supposed to be, I'm pretty sure this is supposed to be pre-Superman. Yes. Well, it makes sense that they're trying to build up to a Superman versus Black Adam fight at some point. You know, that would make sense. I think. Oh, they're going to first going to actually get a fucking Superman going. Well, there's a lot of talk that apparently they're turning back to Henry Cavill. Um, that the the new powers. Yeah, would be. there's a lot of talk, and that's the problem. It's just talk, talk, talk. There's no actual fucking action. <laughs> Rich has had enough. You sound like a man who's just about had enough 
with just the, you know. Oh, stop oh. talking and do something, man. Jesus yeah. Christ. The man's yeah. not getting any younger, for God's sakes. He's not old, Richard. I mean, I'm, he can show up. But again, post-COVID, is going to, you know, it takes longer for things to happen. Mm. And, and get things done, you know. He's 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 getting all these other movie roles, you yeah. know. He's getting older. Yeah. Fucking if, if if pull the trigger, man. If he's going to be the Superman, just fucking do something. Yeah, you're not happy, are you, Rich? Rich is not happy with all the talking and. Rich and... has spoken. Rich has spoken tonight. You've really laid it on the line, Rich. Do you think they'll pay attention? Probably not. Sadly, you think they'll wake they up. Know, they don't know what's good for them. Will they wake up and say, Richard has? Told us the way it lies. Oh, uh, it might go Richard's right, but we don't care. Yeah, he's right, but you know, being right. Still going to do it our way. Still going to do it our way. Going to take forever, and then you know, I mean, God, yeah, never, yeah. I, I hopefully, by, hopefully by twenty thirty, we'll have that new <laughs> 20, Superman movie. Twenty thirty, <laughs> Henry Cavill, like fifty five years old. That's my point. Like the way <laughs> they they just drag in their feet. <laughs> But it's so funny because Superman is such a fucking linchpin of DC. You know what I mean? Like, he's the fucking baseline of superheroes. And they're like, how can we possibly make a movie with Superman? Like, it's so hard. Like, it really... Like, and they're surrounded by the fucking imitators and clones and pastiches all doing so well. You know what I mean? It's It's like... If you realise that there's been a lot of superhero movies, like, in the last 20 years, like, it's not like Superman is impossible now, but they just, it's almost like it's too basic a concept for them to crack their heads on, you know what I mean? Like, they're just like, the simplicity kind of thing, it's just like... Because there's no good in them. Yeah. It's just funny, man. I just, I just, I just, honestly, I I just, I, I have about three different Superman scripts in my head, like, three different directions I could go. And, and by no means am I a Superman expert, but I, I do consider him very filmable. I think it's, you know, it's quite easy to get a decent story and get the whole thing moving. I don't quite see what's so hard about it, you know, at all. If anything, the last 20 years have even made it easier because all these other fucking heroes in all these different universes, they've sort of led the way sort of thing. They've sort of paved the way, so... And that's terrible. Superman should have been leading the way. Yeah, he should have. I I agree. I totally agree. Rich, I'm just going to grab well, a quick coffee. That's another thing we can. Uh, well, no, we you go. No, that's you. Another. That's another thing we can uh, thank Zack Snyder for. Zack Snyder. Yeah, he did. He did give us one of the world's most boring Superman movies. Um, that was a very very dull. You know what? I've fallen asleep every time I've tried to watch it. I just find it. <laughs> I find it so boring. I really do. I don't, I, I don't blame you. The only thing worth watching in the movie is literally the last like. Yeah, yeah. I, I like to start with Krypton, and I like the action scenes at the end. But in the middle, oh my god, it is a slog. You know, and and one of the worst worst Jonathan Kent's, I think. Yeah. In 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 film, and and TV history. Yeah, Kevin Costner did not cover himself in glory that time. And I like Kevin Costner, so yeah, you know yeah. that was that was actually quite tough for me to swallow. Yeah, no, it wasn't great. Welcome to the Ponderosa, my friends, for an evening of songs and stories about the American West, a land of legend, of romance, of friendship and loyalty and courage, a motherload of remembrance, a true bonanza. We 
chase Lady Luck till we finally struck Bonanza. With a gun and a rope and a hat full of hope, we planted our family tree. We got a hold of a pot full of gold Bonanza. With a horse and a saddle and a ring full of cattle, how rich can a fella be? On this land we put our brand, how trite is the name? Fortune smiled the day we piled the Ponderosa claim. Here in the West we're living in the best Bonanza. If anyone fights any one of us, he's gonna fight with me. And Joe and Adam know every rock and pine. No one works, fights, or eats like those boys of mine. Here we stand in the middle of a grand bonanza. With a gun and a rope and a hat full of hope, we planted our family tree. We got a hold of a pot full of gold bonanza. With a house full of friends with the rainbow ends, how rich can a fella be? On this land we put our brand, our pride is the name. Fortune smiled the day we filed the Ponderosa claim. Here in the West we're living in the best bonanza The friendliest, whiteness, lovingest band That ever set foot in a promised land And we're happier than them all That's why we call it Bonanza Rich, just before we do weekly comics, um, suddenly we, you know, we're talking about vampires, and that is fascinating, Rich, because I did not realise vampires were around. I thought we'd written in the mythology that they were around, like, post-Bram Stoker. Do you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Well, I yeah, I mean, I, I don't know why, but... Well, that's I just I just didn't realise that. I, I thought it had all been invented since Bram Stoker's Dracula. But it turns out, A, they're real, and they're really in culture. That's that's that, that's a fact. That's a fact. They re- they really in culture. Yes, uh, <laughs> I, I, I'm I'm gonna I'm gonna push back on that. They are real. <laughs> is this like where I say to you, we know it's a fact that aliens crash landed in '42. That is exactly the same. Yes. Yeah. Well, and uh, so my mind was just like moving quick, you know, fast, and I suddenly thought, are there any vampires in any of the Assassin's Creed games? Because I'm thinking it would have been great to have one in Origins back in back in you know, the, the pyramids back then. And I, I typed in, are there any vampires in Assassin's Creed? No. Um, in Assassin's Creed Syndicate, uh, there are no actual vampires in Assassin's Creed Syndicate. However, there are a few references to Dracula, which is likely what you are seeing in the trailers. The initial Dracula outfit is available with the base game. So it feels like that's definitely uh, something that um, they could probably move on. Do you think, Rich? They could probably go there. Put some assassins, put some uh, vampires in Assassin's Creed. Sure, I guess. I mean, I, I honestly couldn't care what Assassin's Creed does. Controversial um, view on this show with their games and their content because I won't be playing any of them. So they could extremely controversial view on this show, Richard. To say you don't care about Assassin's Creed is it controversial? Yeah. I'm pretty sure I've said it multiple times. I don't know how much. <laughs> you know, it should be quite less controversial by now. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, no, but it's it's fascinating stuff, and um, I really wonder, basically, what the future holds uh, for the Assassin's Creed franchise. I'm just now something I want to mention. More of the same. That's what it holds. Dave. Okay, more of the now, same. I've got a question for you. I know you played some of the originals. Did you play Assassin's Creed Three ever? Because that's one I have no. not touched. 
Nope. Okay. Because wasn't that was I always thought that was one where the where the series was they thought the series went downhill. But when I'm looking at it on GameSpot and Metacritic, it's got eighty fives. So, what period is I that? I didn't even finish Assassin's Creed Two. I love Assassin's Creed Two. Great game. Uh, da, 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 da. I'm just looking to see what period this takes place in. Uh, looks like it's like revolutionary America, maybe. Yeah, it's set before, during, and after the American Revolution from 1760 to 1783. Okay. Well, that's all right. And he fights the Templars' attempts to gain control of the colonies. Okay. Hmm. Interesting. Um, I didn't. I, I never. I've, this one I've never ever played. Never touched it. Um, played a lot of Assassin's Creed Two. Didn't quite finish it. Um, I would actually like to go back and play Assassin's Creed Two from the beginning because I, I did that with one not that long ago, um, which was a lot of fun. But anyway, so the, just wanted to just wanted to kind of, you know, I like to include my Assassin's Creed news. This wasn't, I guess, really news. Um, more of my no, but an excuse for you to talk about uh, more of my Creed. idle thoughts on Assassin's Creed. Um, now, weekly comics, Rich. Uh, first up, Dark Crisis. Um, yeah, not great, actually. Can I say? Firstly, uh, looked good. Um, I've got a question. <laughs> I did like the statues of of the Justice League, and I liked the funeral scene. But just, I just don't care about all these replacement people. And John Kent just going from every one to one to one. Everyone's just knocking him, turning him down until he finally gets to like, um, well, even Firestorm turns him down. The Blue Beetles and stuff. The, the problem with John Kent is he's not his own character and they didn't, they haven't developed John Kent. That's the problem. Mm. John Kent right now is just coming across as Superman light. Yeah. And it's really annoying, actually. Do you know mm. what I mean? Like, mm. um, at least, um, you know, back in the day when you had um, after the 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 death and return of Superman, yeah, you had Connor. Uh, yeah, well, yeah, yeah. I think they named him Connor much later, but you Superboy. had that clone Superboy mm. who was the opposite of Superman. Yeah, he was like he young, was young, he was brash, he was yeah. impulsive. He, you know what I mean? He yeah. uh, he didn't he wasn't virtuous because again he didn't have that same upbringing. Yeah, and let's be honest, John hasn't had that upbringing. He should have had that upbringing. Um, and as I said, I think we have been robbed of a great um, decades worth of story mm. where Superman is struggling maybe to connect with his son, right? Because again, his son is is in a modern world where mm. maybe Superman's views are seen as old school, outdated, and he's trying to impart that onto his son, but, you know, you know, the son always thinks I'm better than you. I know mm. what, you know, I just think that could have um, helped maybe establish John as his own character. Yeah. Where he's a bit of Superman, but also a bit of his own character. But again, jo uh, Bendis fucked that up completely. Thanks, I find thanks John, Bendis. As you I know. actually find John Kent utterly boring and, and, and unlikable. No, not unlikable, like, oh, I hate him. I just mean unlikable in that, like, he's not a character to me. Yeah. Like he, as I said, he's just Superman light. Yeah, he's just like, oh well, we'll yeah. just make him act like Superman, and that's fucking boring as hell. Because if you're going to give me a character that acts like Superman, just give me fucking Superman then. Like Jesus, like yeah, you know, duh. 
It's but very, I mean, it's very uh, like what they did with Old Man Logan, where it's like, oh, you know what, Wolverine's off the board, but we're going to give you Old Man Logan. It's almost the same, yeah, 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 but not quite the same, not quite as good. They're, they're like, not only is or, it not quite the same, it's not quite as good. Or we're going to take X twenty three and we're going to make her act a bit more like Logan now yeah. instead of her own character, you know, yeah. you know. And as I said, I just. This book is so what what did I put there? It's very mediocre. Yeah. It's like someone trying to write above their ability by just copying what came before. Art mm. was good. Um what I mean by that is mm. this feels like someone trying to emulate Jeff Johns. Yeah. 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 And not even coming close. Yeah. I I hear you. Yeah. You know what I mean? It's like someone who's been told, oh, all right, we're going to give you a, an event. And he's like, oh, 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 I really enjoy Jeff John's maybe events. I'm going to try and do something like that, but I don't know what I'm going to do. Like, you know, I mean, it doesn't even, I don't know. It doesn't even feel like an event. It doesn't even feel important. Yeah. Yeah, no, you know I, I mean? agree. It's not. It's not great. I mean, I, look, I'm, I, I'd give it maybe a five point five out of ten. I, I feel I'm probably being generous. Even it's probably more of a four out of ten. Really, it's it's really well, not that fi- good. The, the five out of ten I gave it is including the art, which I thought. Yeah, the the, art, the artwork is good. I I'd agree with that for sure. Um, but yeah, it's not. There's nothing really uh, that amazing about it. Like it's it's pretty lackluster. Um, frankly, like if this is the yeah, best I, they I can do, I don't feel like we're getting anything new. Like I feel like this is, um, again, it's trying. It's someone trying to copy, um, not f- well, maybe a little bit of Final Crisis is also uh, Infinite Crisis. Yeah, you know what I mean. It just feels like someone is trying to copy that, and mm. it's a very as an empty, shallow carbon mm. uh, copy. And I just yeah, I'm not feeling anything, man. And, may- and maybe it's also because I don't know or care about any of these characters you know i don't oh. care about the i am batman guy i don't care about wonder girl i don't care about john kent no you know i, I just don't but care who does about care who characters. does care about these characters not too many people john kent's probably the most popular but there's not a lot going on where you're like man i need to know you know what i need to know more yeah about yeah i don't i don't care about this aqua aqua lad kid or whatever the fuck he's called aqua boy or whatever oh. like I, I'm just I don't really care. I mean, it's kind of funny to watch all them the it was actually amusing to watch all these like fringe characters turn their noses up at John Kent. I was like, man, this is John Kent's getting the same reaction he's getting from readers and the public. Indifference. You know? Um, yeah, but that's just because he'll uh, he'll overcome and yeah, of course he will. I'll yeah. flock to him because that's, that's gonna be his arc and all that sort of, of thing. Of course he will, yeah. I, yeah, I said I don't. I, I just feel like I'm getting retreaded, you know, rehashed story. Yeah, and I agree with that. I and agree and, with and that. now, what's even worse, I'm getting it with characters I don't give a shit about. You know what yep. I mean? Like, yep. If this, yep. If if this was going to be Nightwing, Wally West, Donna Troy, you know, I might care about those characters. I've got um, a question. It, up. It, Beast Boy actually gets killed here. Well, right? we don't know. Hmm, it seemed it. Well, yes, but we don't. We don't. It's not like Ted Cord, right. where they literally throw show the bullet ripping through his fucking head. Yeah, and and his brain's going out the other end. They kind of cut to a blam. So yeah, you don't really know. Where did dead. that happen to Ted Cord? Was that in Final Crisis? Uh, that was the build up to Final Crisis. Uh, no, no, that was the build up to Infinite Crisis. Right, all right, Maxwell Lord, right, killed him. Yes. Yeah. Okay. Um, yeah, I'm giving it five point. And was that Pariah at the end, who's going crazy? Yeah. Okay, and so the, and you also see the Justice League isn't dead, which is no surprise. 
They're trapped in bubbles. Oh, course, or something. Yes. Yeah. And but, so that was him going, I'm going to destroy the multiverse. And he was going nuts. Um, yeah. Pariah. Well, they've taken that, uh, that, look, they've taken the wind out of this event, like from the start. Mm. You know, I mean, calling it the death of the Justice League. Yeah, I know. You've already told people, yeah, oh, okay, we, we, we're going to be quote unquote killing the Justice League. I know. And then in the first issue, you're showing that they're alive, they're <laughs> just know. being used for the energy. I'm just like, dude. Yeah. Have you got no sense of like, you know, anticipation, suspense, surprise? Do you know what I mean? Bullshit, like man. it's just bullshit, dude. Like it's just like they're running out of ideas, man. They are running out of ideas. Like like it's it's sad how how, how out of ideas this company is and the storytelling is just so it's just so mediocre. Like honestly, it, it is. really is. It like, is. you know, and I know they're always like, well, you people are too old. You shouldn't be reading. We're trying to get the kids. I'm like, I don't think the kids are going to give a shit about this either. Like, it's pretty crap in general. Like, can I, <laughs> I, you know what annoys me about that, right? Is, you know, how they're going like, oh, we need to, we need to write these younger characters so that we can reach a younger audience, right? Mm. And I just think to myself, that is absolute bullshit, right? Mm. Because I started reading comics when I was 10 years old. Mm-hmm. And it was not young characters. Sure. It wasn't even like books that were like geared towards 10-year-olds or, yeah, yeah. you know, the, the cartoony books. Like I did read those. He, that's a weird thing. When I was a kid, I used to read those books uh, like my, grandpa- my, my grandfather, my grandparents. They had like a box of Archie, Casper. Yeah. And I read them because, you know, okay. They were, but that never got me into comics, you know, no. even though I read them. It was my first superhero comic, um, mm. which, as I said, was like your Green Lantern, your sure. Justice League. Um, uh, uh, there was one. You made on the bus for these bag of comics or whatever it was. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And But again, those were all not geared technically towards me. Those were just normal comic book yeah. stories. So my, my, dude, my first one was like Iron Man 227 or something. Yeah, <laughs> and I would say, I would dare say that almost every single comic book fan read a normal comic book at yeah. a young age and yeah. it got them into comics. So this bullshit of, oh, we need to make younger characters so that way we'll appeal. No, you write good stories, you write interesting characters. It doesn't matter who the character is. It doesn't matter if it's Superman, Batman, Wonder Woman, Flash, whatever. If you write good stories yeah, and yeah. someone picks up that book for the first time, they will be a fan. It's true. Like Superman's been around for 85 years. He's picked up new fans all the time. Mm. Same with Batman, whatever. I, this whole bullshit of like we have to write for a younger audience is absolute horseshit. Do you think I've got a theory too? When I was reading this, sometimes the the sheer level of characters on a page that they're putting in these dark crisis, it almost it almost bores me because it's just too many, and they're not doing anything. But they're just there. There's just like this. There's this just like overflow of information in terms of numbers, uh, and well, you know, it's just because they, again they're trying to copy the previous crises. Yeah, okay. crises. Yeah, um, like they, um, you know, because those also had just like tons of people on pages, and you know, from the original crisis to infinite crisis to final crisis, it's just jam packed full of characters. That's yeah. just what they're trying to copy. They're like, well, that's what a crisis means in DC. We've got to have every character on the page. Mm. Like, again, that's what I said. To me, this just feels like someone who is just copying what came before, but without the actual level of ability to pull it off. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I mean, look, so far, this was a very mediocre introduction 
to Dark Crisis. I'm giving it 5.5 out of 10, and I feel I'm being generous. Um, what are you giving it, Rich? Mine was a 5 out of 10. Okay. Now, I, I think a book we're going to have two different uh, answers mm. on. Now, I will say this. Teen Justice, look... It's it's it, it it's wackadoodle. This this story, I struggled to understand it, but I but I enjoyed it um, for its sheer schutzpah. Like like it just there's just so much happening. It's so colourful, which I really like. And I mean, it's nutty. It, it it it's it doesn't take itself too seriously. Even though I was struggling to understand what's going on, Rich, am I right in saying this is just a multiverse alternate world? Where it seems like everyone is female, if I'm right, at least in positions of power, and there it's like the young teen team, and everyone's female. Am I am I right, or am I? Because I sometimes I couldn't tell uh, what sex the characters were. Not that that matters particularly, but it seemed like they were flipping the script that way. And I enjoyed it though. I I liked the kind of quirky, upbeat nature of it all. Um, very quippy. Uh. My understanding, and again, I could be wrong, is yeah. uh, I believe because this this universe was actually introduced quite a long time ago. By is it by Morrison the, in Multiversity or something? No, 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 no. Well before him, oh. like um, um, this was uh, I think it was in like one of the world's finest or okay. something. All right, I wouldn't mind tracking that down. A, okay, yeah. Where they had a female Superman and a female Bat, you know, woman, whatever. Mm. And a female Aquaman and, and all that. So basically, all the characters' sexes were reversed. Okay, yeah. But in this world, it seems like they are, unless it's a really popular female character or what. So, for instance, Troy mm. is male. Right. And obviously, there's a Aqua Girl, there's a Robin, uh-huh. there's Supergirl, you know. Um, Clarion, the witch, witch uh, Clarion, you know the the witch boy, which is now the witch girl. Yes, uh, but and, and even at the end, they reveal that like there's a female Sinestro. Yeah, I like. Well, I liked that. I thought it was cool. But yet, Star Sapphire is still female. Okay. Which I'm like, well, but hang I think on. that's what I'm saying. I think you everyone's be male. A, then I think everyone's a girl in this one, Rich. That's the no, because Troy is a boy, as far as I can tell. Okay, I wasn't one hundred percent sure of the sex of some of them. Well, uh, I think the the Flash character is supposed to be trans, but I don't know if Troy is supposed to be. Under, right. Okay. Be trans, so this, I don't know. Okay. Anyway, I mean, I, I Again, thought it was a bit of fun. No, don't care. You, you, I as I was reading, I was like, Rich is going to hate this. Um, I don't like any of these characters. These characters are so fucking annoying, man. They're like, very. It's what, very nutty. This is, this is why when they when I don't like these books that are written for the young crowd, so to speak, sure. because if this is the young crowd, they are fucking annoying as hell, man. <laughs> Seriously, these characters are unlikable. This is this is what attracts people to read like younger people to read comics. Super unlikable, annoying characters. But dude, I've been. No wonder they're not picking up comics because they probably don't want that shit. I I I think you're being a bit harsh. I think there's some decent writing here, but it's very, very, very hyper energy busy. It's very busy. Um, I think there's a reason why younger people are reading manga and not the shit that's supposed to be geared for them. Yeah. Well, this is like someone wrote this on the world's biggest sugar high, and was just fucking typing shit in as fast as they could. Um, it's not even, good. Even even Killawog is a girl in this. Yes, so, it, it's but not that's why I said some some of the characters are changed. Mm. 
and then others are like, no, they can stay female, which I'm like, okay, but then... But I think the thing was in this version, dude, that all the... I think they're flipping it so that instead of the patriarchy, it's like the matriarchy and, and all the um, main slots are all female. That's the impression I got. You know, that's what it seemed to be. You know how, like, they say, like, well, comics were written by straight white men, which is why all the characters are straight white men. Oh, Jesus Christ. Well, if these comics are written by someone annoying, then... They're written by, you know... Um, yeah, I, I look, I I didn't hate it, to be honest. I, I, I actually quite enjoyed it. I'm going to give it 6.5 out of 10. I And that said, it is very confusing, and I'm going to have to reread it, but it, it held my interest, um, and I did enjoy its sheer level of quirk, which I knew you would hate it. I was, I was even the title, Teen Justice. It's just terrible writing, I'm sorry. I, don't, I Honestly, mm. I'll be honest with you, Dave, I don't know how you can say I have no idea what's going on, but I really enjoyed it. I just doesn't, well, that doesn't compute to me. I like, did enjoy it for the ride. You know what I mean? I enjoyed the ride, but I was struggling to understand what was going on. I was also a bit lost in what it actually was because I didn't realise that it was... Um, I didn't realise straight away that it was alternate, and I was like, what is going on? And then I looked back, and I was like, okay, it's multiversity. I thought of Teen Justice was a, just another young Justice team or something, because I, you know, when I saw the solicit, I just saw the name of it, and just thought, oh, there's a new team. We'll check that out. It's number one. So I didn't actually know what I was getting myself into, and then I was like, what's going on here? Like, And then I realised it must be an alternate reality where all the heroes are girls, and... It was. That's right. But it was also super wacky. And you know, you know, you know. I've got a bit. You know me. Oh. I like a bit more wackiness than you in my comics. Yeah, I'm pretty sure it's supposed to be. Everyone's supposed to be the opposite sex because I see Raven is a boy too. Okay. All right. Well, unless um, they just decide that a character can stay female, I guess it's just whatever they want. It's one of those things where we'll make rules, but if we want to break them, oh, we. I've we got will. a question. Go to page eighteen, where. I'm not even sure who the character is. Maybe it's Raven says, I guess. That's Raven. He says, I guess this is a bad time. That's Raven, yeah. And then you have the character says, Ack, where did you come from? Why does the face look like that? Is that just a. Um, uh, probably could. I, oh, I don't know. Because, yeah, like. Because it's a terrible artist? I don't no, know. I just mean because they're trying to do like an anime kind of shock, but it's a human. Well, I don't know. Maybe this Robin has some weird fucking powers. That I yeah, maybe, because I found that really weird. Like, it's got, like, a lizard tongue and, like, looks very reptilian. But I was like, but that just seems to be a human in all the other um, things. But then if you look at sometimes they show a hair as it's not actually tied on. Look, look, at, look, at, the, look at the page before. You see the hair? There's, there's, a, there's white space between the bits of hair and the mm. skull. Yeah, it's all it's all pretty mediocre art. Yeah, I, I like you're an artist. I mean, I would have thought, unless they're going deliberately for that anime kind of look. Um, yeah, uh, they, yeah, they're going for the, a, a sort of a cartoony sort of. Yeah, um, but it's not consistent. It, it, they're not always doing that throughout the thing. No, it's very no. inconsistent. Yeah, well, you've just described the comic book industry at the moment, so. Okay. Well, I don't know. I just. I, I had a soft spot for it, but you know me, I sometimes have some pretty odd picks, Rich. And also, it is Pride Month, so I do feel like in Pride Month I have to support some of the LGBTQ books, um, which this was, okay. you know, because that is a big part of my mission. So, you know, I mean, it gets it probably gets half a point just based on that as well, you know. 
Fair enough. I, I just prefer to, to support quality. Well, I, you know, I like my pet causes, Richard. Thank you. You know, you know. Uh, I, 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 I'm happy to support a cause as long as it's quality. <laughs> <laughs> well, anyway, um, so that was that. Uh, and then we came to the trade of the week. And, Richard, can I just say, I said this to Michelle. I came out and said, I've done the reading for today's show. I said, I sometimes think Richard just picks things out of the hat. This was possibly the most average thing that has been picked on Signal. It's not as bad as some stuff that's been picked in Signal, but this was so run-of-the-mill, like, forgettable, that I'm stunned that anyone would have picked this out. Right? Had you read this Last Defenders ever before, or was this a complete blind pick? No, I picked it based on the um, covers because uh, it was called The Last Defenders, and every cover seemed to have a different iteration of Defenders on it. Right. So I thought... Um, yeah, I get you. Interesting because I was thinking, oh, what's happening? Like, it's called the Last Defenders. Is yeah. it like some sort of like uh, time or yeah, like a best of kind of thing? Yeah, or, or maybe like it's a it's different versions of like the Defenders or something. You know what I mean? Because mm. you know it started with like Colossus, She Hulk, yeah, um, all that sort of stuff, and then the next time you see it, it's got you know like Paladin and uh atlas and you know and i'm thinking myself jesus christ like how many people are in it why does the cover you know why do the characters the cover keep changing so i was just interested to see what it was what it was and i remember that it took place during the uh initiative yes which was interesting um yeah but i just picked it but i didn't actually end up enjoying it that much so i really didn't enjoy it i i struggled through it because i'm a pro but I was, I was just like, wow, this is really mediocre storytelling, uh, mediocre artwork, uh, even She-Hulk. Like, there was some interest in it. I noticed the quality, what quality there was, just departed when Keith Giffen left the title, I think, on issue. Yeah, well, that's yeah. also another reason why I chose it as well, but then... Yeah. Halfway through, he left. Yeah, I think. I, like and I've got to be honest, Joe Casey. Joe Casey is a writer has never done anything for me. I've never read a Joe Casey comic that I thought is even good. I'm not mm-hmm. a fan of his, and I, I'm sorry to say that because I. But if it's true. I really just some writers you just don't connect with. Joe Casey is that guy for me. I've tried several things of his, and I've never been hooked. But this one was so mediocre. I can't imagine this sold well. And, I mean, I like the Defenders from when we did the James DiMatteis Defenders and stuff, and I thought it was excellent mm. stuff. And this took all the same, a lot of the same characters, like, the, you know, Hellstrong Son of Satan was there. Uh, what's his name? Is it is it D- Nighthawk? Or what's the, what's the main yeah, guy? Yeah, I think it's Nighthawk, yeah. Yeah, and you had him and you had She-Hulk. And, like, I, you know, all these characters that I like, but just nothing interesting was done. It just seemed to rotate in circles, I, I, I've got to be honest, one of the most mediocre reads in Signal history, um, not terrible to the level of Aquaman Time and Tide, um, but very, very poor, and also not very good artwork either. Um, you can maybe speak to the artwork a bit better, but I, didn't, I don't like that style of artwork. It really reminds me of a certain period in comics where everything looked like that. Um, I, I'm going to give it 4 out of 10. I, I actually thought it was pretty bad. What what's your reaction, Rich? Yeah, it's it's five out of ten. Um, like it's an it's an interesting concept, but as I said, I thought it. But again, also, uh, I didn't realize that Giffen went off the title, you know, because I was like, okay, yeah. it looks interesting. Um, it's got some interesting covers. Giffen's working on it, you know, and we'd done the JM, so I thought, well, you know, yeah. let's 
let's check us out because you sure. know the two of them are uh, simpatico sort of thing and all that. And let's see his take. But as as I said, I think he dropped he dropped off like after the second or I think he might have lasted till about issue four or three, something like it. I yeah, think maybe three. Yeah. Um, because I remember when I got to one of them, I was like, oh, why is his name not on the yeah in the thing? And then and then it was kind of like. Um, I don't know. Maybe they took it in a slightly different direction, or they just weren't. Well, well sure but, but, but like, was the whole thing that was only ever going to be six issues? Like, it just seemed to never really get going. <laughs> ever, it just seemed to almost be dead. Yeah, on but arrival. I also think you know what? It's I. I kind of feel like I'll, I'll be honest with you. Um, I was just interested in reading this because I've never been a fan of Marvel during the initiative phase. Sure. Um, because they just made comics less fun. You know what I mean? Like. You, you know all the heroes are like um they're either like corporate or yeah, yeah. you know like government stooges or they like on the run and yeah, i was like yeah you kind of suck in the fun out of comics you know what i mean you've it was very you, repetitive it was super yeah yeah um which why i'm never a fan of that you know that's what i said whether it's like batman corporate you know i'm, I'm just never a fan of like superheroes being treated like you know, like government officials or, yeah, or yeah. employees and all that sort of stuff. Like, I mean, an idea for is okay, but not like the entire universe. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. that that that's taken it a bit far. So, um, yeah, um, I probably should have picked the that uh, defenders one that we were we started reading with that mask dude. And, and what's that? that? Remind me, what, what was that, man? Remember, they did the. Uh, they did like a was it five or six issue thing called Defenders, and it was um, we read the first issue and it had like um, uh, uh, what the hell is that guy's name? Um, <laughs> they had that, the Mars Raider. Um, uh, it's not any really um, girls for me whatsoever. Um, uh, what's the the red um, when Betsy Braddock? No, no, uh, Betsy Banner was like the red harpy or something. Oh, that rings a distant bell. Yeah, that is ringing a distant yeah. bell. Now that you say, it was that. just called Defenders. It was done by mm. L. Ewing. Oh yeah, and all that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, yeah, that would. I be was crossing up between that, but as I said, the, I, I picked the other one because it had Giffen on it. So. Yeah, 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 yeah. And it wasn't Giffen's best day either. You know the races. Um, frankly, uh, look, there's yeah. not a lot to say about it other than if you're after very middle of the road, mediocre storytelling about characters that you, you never really, you, the only people who would really like this are hardcore, hardcore defenders, completists, not even fans, but a completist would want this because it has quite a bit of stuff to do with Nighthawk, but it goes nowhere. It goes around in a very slow and boring circle um, She-Hulk fans might enjoy a couple of the She-Hulk scenes. I'm just trying to pick pieces out that are worthy of, you know, for a real hardcore fan. Like a She-Hulk completist would probably want to read it, just a couple of good scenes with Tony Stark, with She-Hulk. But there's not much to recommend it. It's very mediocre, very middle of the road. I think very deserving of a 4 out of 10, frankly. Yeah, it's a five, as I said, it's a 5 out of 10 from me. It's very... Being generous there. Are you pumping up the score a bit because it was your pick and you feel a bit of loyalty towards no, it? No, because at the end of the day, it's, it's not terrible. It's just mediocre. No, it's I'm, just, I'm just having fun with you, It's very middle of the road. I mean, I think it's got, again, uh, during the initiative, I think it has some very interesting ideas of... Yeah, this like, just wasn't one um, of them. <laughs> no, I like the idea of like, okay, so they form the defenders, right? And it doesn't seem to work out. So then Tony's like, just like, all right, well, you're all fired. And you know what I mean? It's like... Mm. That's so why I was like, okay, I mean, this is interesting. And then 
I did like that they the defenders were going to be there secretly be their own thing. Yes. Uh, and so they were going to operate sort of outside the law and mm. and stuff. The only problem is I just didn't like the team that they had assembled um, by the end of it, you know, with like, what's his name, Krang or... or yeah, Kang, I've never even like, heard of that character before. I mean, Krang to me is some Krang. Namor, he was some uh, Namor villain. Yeah. Um, well, so. you know, I'm looking at some stuff from Marvel this week. Thor 26 came out. It's got an awesome picture of looks like Hulk in Thor's costume. Um, you know, b- battling on from their. Uh... Well, I thought Hulk. Uh, I thought Thor became. Yeah, Hulk, well, hair, isn't it? that's what it looks like, actually. Yeah, I- I've not been following the story, but that's what it looks like, actually. Yeah. All oh, right, because we watched, we read the first issue, didn't we? When Oda went into Hulk's head or something. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's the, actually the pretty issue, cool idea. Was called the Banner Banner War? Or yeah, something? the Thor and Hulk's epic rivalry continues in the fourth installment of a character 60th anniversary crossover celebration. Well, they're really getting specific with anniversaries, aren't they? The 60th anniversary <laughs> of the first crossover. It's like Jesus Christ, like searching for a reason. Um. Anyway, well, uh, gotta, gotta pump those sales numbers. Gotta pump those. Sales. Look, gotta, look. They went by the policy they used to do with the old days. Make the cover interesting. It is a great cover to Thor 26, um, you know, and, and maybe that's worth something. But, yeah, I, um, I not, not a ton to say about this title other than we read it, we've done it, we, we can move on with our lives. Um, Rich, anything you'd like to say about Last Defenders uh, wrapping up? We should at some point do the uh, next volume, when we have a bit more time, and, you know, you're finished with your baseball and I've gotten through a bit of stuff at work. We should do the next yeah. volume of um, Jamie DeMatteis' Defenders because I loved that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, um, hey, look, this is probably not the worst Defenders out there. It's, pro- it's definitely not the best. No. Oh, God. Um, no. Compared to Jamie DeMatteis, um, this is clownish. Yeah, you know? so, um, yeah. but, you know, I mean, if it's part of a collection, fine, but, I mean, don't. Sure. Don't buy it. Don't don't <laughs> don't don't rob a bank to get the funds to buy this. It's not worth it. Mm. You know, seriously. Although like, I must, um, I do want to one week when we've got a slow, um, like a slow week. You want to talk about Assassin's Creed with me? Is that what you want to do? No, definitely don't want to do that. <laughs> I want to do the. Um, I want to do an X Men event. Okay, there's a lot um, of them, Rich. We can do that. We can do that. Which which event do you have in mind, my friend? <laughs> it's uh, I'll have to I'll have to double check with him because it's the one that goes across um, all the titles. <laughs> pretty much all the titles, yes. But which one? They, they all do that. Like which one? Fall um, of the Mutants, uh, yeah, Phalanx yeah. Covenant, Age of Apocalypse, um, Fatal Attraction. I'd like to do Fatal Attraction. Which 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 era is it you're talking about? Uh, give me a it's g- one when uh, it, it was part of the sort of like um, X Factor, right. um, uh, Excalibur, okay, time period. Is I'm it like just... Executioner's song or what? You know what? I ha- I can't remember what it All was. Right. I had it. I had your, it written down. Your job, will, your job for next week, up. or even if you if during the week, if you give me the news, I'll put it on the signal page so we remember. Okay. Because on Signal page, I always put a lot of... Oh, uh, Fatal Attractions. Dude, I, I'm happy to do Fatal Attractions whenever you want. I'm dying to do that. So there you go. It's a big event, I got, another, I got another pick. I know, but that's why I said maybe a week where we're not going to do any... Okay. 
Yeah, yeah. Like if if it's a slow week and there's no really weeklies that we want to do. Yeah, yeah, easy. Then we can we can just do that as a big review. And then I've also got Micronauts Volume One lined up. All right, cool. Um, I oh, hope you've got a copy. You got a copy of that that you can share. So yeah, that'd be good. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, all right. So we've given our scores for last events. Now, I do want to say thank you to all the Patreons. Um, if you can support the show on patreon.com slash signal doom, it is highly, highly appreciated. It all goes towards show running costs. Now, Rich, it's my pick next week. Now, I'm choosing between a couple of things, but The Forgotten Realms Volume 1 comic book by Jeff Grubb and Rags Morales on art duties or or The Crystal Shard with Val Simiak's on art duties. Also Dungeons and Dragons. So two Dungeons and Dragons things. Do you have a preference? Um, no, honestly, just pick the one that you want. I'll I'll, I'll decide on which one. I think I pro- don't want I don't want you blaming me for a bad choice. <laughs> would I ever do that, Richard? Yes, you would. <laughs> I throw you under the bus on a regular basis. You'd be like, oh, I can't believe you picked this. Out of the two choices I gave you, you picked the worst one, Richard. I will let listeners know um, tomorrow when I post the show up which one I've picked, but I'm probably leaning towards uh, the um, Crystal Shard because Val Simiox on Art Duties. In fact, you know what? In fact, yeah, that's, fuck, fuck this indecision. We'll go with Val Simiox's um, one because we're having Val on the show soon. He's just having he- huge house renovations at the moment, which is why he's been slightly delayed. But we'll do Crystal Shard, um, which is the which is I think the first volume of the Legend of Drick series. So we'll do that, um, and we'll do that for next show. And I'll and I'll put that up. Came out through IDW about a decade or so ago, and I think it'd be fun to check out Val Simix's art. You know, again, we love his artwork. So oh yeah, oh yeah. yeah. So we'll do that. Um, yeah. Other than that, um, please. Listen to the collective. You've got guys like Inner Demons, uh, Trapped in a World, the Howard the Duck podcast, uh, Last Sons of Krypton, um, plenty of stuff. Capes and Lunatics. You've got Phil, you've got um, Lilith, Charlie, all the whole team there. Uh, you've got Tombs of Evil. You've got plenty of stuff on the collective. It's a it's a big uh, network. I am your target demographic. Lots of lots of cool stuff on there. We're probably one of the coolest things on there. Um, I, oh, I, I'd say, I, you know, Ray's got at the game, obviously, has a seat at the table, and you've got, you've got Brian Beggy, um, the jester, and you've got me, obviously, the king, and, um, and, and uh, you know, a cynical, kind of arrogant king that I am, you know, easily bored, off with their head. How many times have I said that, Rich? A lot. I can uh, at least 20 times a day. I'd be like, off with their head. Crucifixions for everyone. Um, yeah, so... There's that to look forward to. It's a big, wide world. Enjoy yourself, kids. Good night. Good night.